Hello, hello. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the latest sci-fi epic, The Creator. Mike's going to review a book that he hasn't read, but he's still going to tell us why you should pick it up. And Pat prepares us for the box-a-lips, box-a-lips, with a helpful Horizon hack. Welcome to your favorite live streaming whatnotting podcast, Comics and Collectibles in the Crawl Space. I am your fourth or fifth favorite podcasting host, Kevin. And we don't have a full house, but we've got plenty here. And let's start with Mike. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. What's up? And then, of course, we have uh, Mike. Or, I mean, Pat, to yep. help us with whatever a box ellipse is. Here. <laughs> Pat, whatever. I'm here, too. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry about it. That's right. Uh, we are uh, absent uh, Karen today. She will be dearly missed. And the show will reflect that. Um, and then I just want to say this before we talk about other things. That we've been here for a while and i'm thinking maybe one more week of this new schedule we might have to change the uh schedule from 9 30 a.m ish to 10 a.m ish because i think we can move it up a little bit more uh for the early uh show but uh i don't know if we're still gonna ever make 9 30 again you know what i'm saying so maybe we need to change that a little bit but just just a thought I think with this, this week, I think we were we, we finished up the pre-recording at nine thirty. Yeah, uh, then we had to prep for this. But you figure next week we've got fewer uh, cover combat. You know, each week cover combat gets shorter and shorter. Next week we're going to knock off you know uh, half of the reveals for the next round. So that yeah. might give us you know fifteen minutes there. So. We'll see. We'll give it another week and then maybe tweak. But uh, I think anybody uh, that's a regular viewer of our show is kind of used to us being tardy at this point anyway. <laughs> and I'll take most of the brunt of that on a, on the regular. So uh, hopefully uh, people love that little quirk about me. But enough about that. Today's show uh, is exciting. We've got the previews, previews, the next previews, previews uh, edition inbound, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you recall the last previews, previews, but I told you I actually had a new intro, but I failed to use, I used the old one. So the first thing I did after the last end episode was delete the old one. So I'd remember to play the new one. Are you ready for that one, Pat? Let's go. All right. I'm ready too. Nice, right? Look at us all run into the comic book store. (laughs) (laughs) We were running to get prepared because, yeah, we have to get to the comic book store to grab our previews because uh, I think we've all said at one point or another that it's annoying to uh, 
have to search the uh, new previews guide only online, right? Have we all kind of come to a consensus on that, I think? Yeah. I got yep. mine last night. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Except I didn't have my Marvel stuff. So I had to search that out online. Yeah. I got all three this week or, or this month. I was lucky. Yeah. And I didn't mean to exclude you with being excited for the intro, Mike. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, that's funny. I was just making a joke. <laughs> You just want to do that talk over the video intro again. I got it. Yeah, that's a, that's, it seems like that's going to be a new regular thing. But anyway, uh, so let's get to it. Uh, it looks like I am uh, first. And uh, let me uh, add this real quick. And then I will go with something uh, short and sweet here to start us off. But man, I love this. So Dungeons and Dragons animated series lunchbox. Yeah. Man, I wish I took my lunch to work. Maybe I'll have to start. <laughs> that's funny you say that because that's exactly what this is how this played out. I I can't remember exactly what brought this up recently to me and my wife, but uh, we were talking about lunch pails. And I said, you know what? You know, I've I've tried many different lunch pails from the hard coolers to the soft coolers with a little inside hard shell to a, a almost a sandwich size bag you know and it's never worked out for me and I'm like you know what I'm not even going to try a lunch pail again until they come out with the classic retro lunch box that I used to love as a kid uh, with the cool thermos in it and then I'm going to start packing my lunch with that because then I can have a coffee or a soup in there and then just a sandwich and an apple or a banana or something, you know, and that's all I need during the day. You know, I always want to eat a lot during the day because I feel like I need the energy, but then it weighs you down because you eat too much, you know. So this is a perfect size lunch pail for me. And what I told her is as soon as I find one that I love, I'm grabbing it. And then boom, open up the previews this week. And here we are with uh, uh, a new... Uh, and I don't know if it's new, but it's listed in this previews. Dungeons and Dragons animated series. Lunch pail, exactly the way I described it. And I just have to say this too. I'm going to take this down while I talk about this real quick. Man, I didn't realize, and I have Johnny to thanks, thank for this actually. He, uh, he pointed me towards this uh, group on Facebook. The Dungeons and Dragons animated series group. And... There, that's that's actually a really big group, a few thousand people in on Facebook. And it's crazy when you're in a group like that, what you're unaware of is being released all the time. And then I'm going to, you guys may be aware of that. Did you want to see the new Dungeons & Dragons movie that I reviewed that's been out recently? Okay. Yeah, we watched it after your review. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You said you liked that. Did you see that one yet, Pat? No, I did not. Because there's a nod to the animated series in that movie, too. I don't know if you know. when, uh, Whenever they uh, were in prison or whatever, they look over. There's a group of people like them, a D&D group. Uh -huh. and, it, and it's they're all the animated series live action. So <clears throat> anyway, I've got a lot of love for that. And uh, I buy stuff for it all the time. So this was a perfect fit for me. But my first choice is the uh, Dungeons & Dragons Lunch Pail with Thermos. <laughs> well, since I was, I'm oh, sorry, Mike's next. Go ahead. 
Nope. All right. Um, <laughs> well, this is uh, this is something old, mm. but we're uh, they're doing a, a facsimile set of uh, Batman 404 through 407. I don't have a picture of the facsimile. I mean, it's going to be exactly the same. Mine, you know, the UBC code will be different. The price will be different. Um, but what they're doing, they're starting uh, one issue will be released every week throughout December, starting yeah. with December 5th. And uh, so they're basically the facsimile of the 1986 Batman year one. Um, if you want to pick these up, the originals, you're looking at 45 and up. Um, I think they're going to be $3.99 cover price. So that would put you, I did some quick math, that would put you around $16 plus tax. Yeah. Yeah. $4.99 a piece because I just don't know what DC is doing. Uh, then it'll be 20 So, you know, you can double that and get the originals if you don't have them. Um, but these, these are fairly uh, inexpensive to pick up. Um, it's just, it's funny some of the stuff that they're uh, doing facsimiles for. Um, Needs to say, I did order these because <laughs> I don't want to read uh, my other ones. I'll just read the facsimiles when I get them. Yeah, I love, love, love the facsimiles so much. I talk about it all the time. I, I've, I've talked about it a few times here, but always on the whatnot show. Did it seem like this uh, preview guide was uh, heavy with facsimiles too? It seemed like there was a lot. Did you guys notice that at all? I didn't, but yeah. Yeah, I'm no. definitely going to grab these though. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't in there, but it's just in general, I'm seeing more. It seems like that's the new the new trend. Gotcha. Um, they went from they went from doing it from a lot of the it, the expensive books to now we're seeing some of the more obtainable books, um, and even I think even stuff within the last ten years are starting to do that too. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, what you got, Pat? I'm going to start out really simple with just a choice for a cover. That's Harley Quinn, black, white, and redder number six because it has a beautiful Janice Frizen cover. That's it. That's all I have to say. Five bucks cover price. <laughs> well, all I'm going to say is I'm going to grab this too. That's for sure. Probably a few of them because, man, Mike put Jenny Frizen on my radar and that's, I've never looked back. Everything I see with hers on, I just want to grab now. Yeah. Sweet. Stick around. All right. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> all right next up for me i get a little bit more a lot more complicated i should say uh this is the inkle are, any, are either only familiar with the inkle yeah a little bit i never read it nope. yeah me neither but of course as 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 usual with lots of things i've wanted to of course and this is uh, the legendary science fiction graphic novel that's inspired a thousand stories uh, available now in this deluxe, glorious deluxe edition. And it actually has um, this, uh, well, it's gold foil on the edges. And then it has this, um, you can see this separate two art pages. You know, I don't exactly know why the, those are special uh to uh you know make two exclusive prints other than the fact that maybe they're just picking two exclusive prints from in the book and then kind of framing them to kind of display separately i guess which again i i'm not too familiar with the inkle other than hearing hearing of it you know the writers alejandro jodorowsky i got that pretty good i think mm. right 
That sounded good to me. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, love deluxe editions, and uh, I've always wanted to check this out. So if money were no object, I'd definitely be snagging this one. Um, and I can't really say too much else about the story, except it's super influential sci-fi. And, man, I'm, I'm definitely seem to be going more in the sci-fi direction and away from heroes, you know. So this is uh, what I'm going to grab. Yep. All right. Mike, uh, this this is probably on everybody's radar, but I'm going to highlight it. Uh, I'm sure this is Tyler's already aware of all this because he's reading the book. But, um, so we've got Moon Knight number 30, which is the last issue of this series. Um, the death of Moon Knight, um, because why not kill another character? Uh, this ends up, <laughs> this leads into um, a Vengeance of Moon Knight, which... Hmm. I can't remember if that is going to be Vengeance of Moon Knight or a variant for Moon Knight 30. Anyway, do your research. Uh, <laughs> Moon Knight 30 ends. Vengeance of Moon Knight uh, begins with a new Moon Knight. Um, I, 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 I wasn't even reading this. I don't know if this was Mark Spector or not. But uh, the new one is going to be someone different. And we've got Greg Capullo back at Marvel. And this is uh, a new cover from him. Yeah, I'm going to be grabbing that. It's a great, what's this Green Goblin nod, right? Homage, whatever. Yeah. Right? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying now. The moon's the yeah. glider. Yeah. I see it now. I see it now. That's interesting. I'm not, yeah, I didn't see that before. Pat? All right, I'll buy it. Not right? the book, but the theory here. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna buy the book too. Yeah. Anyway. Fine, I'll buy the book. <laughs> what you got, Pat? All right, uh, back to the well. One final third time for Giant Robot Hellboy number three. Uh, this is the Duncan Perdredo cover, and we also have cover B, which is. Art Adams this time. Uncolored here. This is just an early version. So, um, yeah, uh, three issue limited series wraps up for $3.99 cover price. I'll probably be getting both covers. It's pretty sweet. Much there, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I forgot to make a note of that when you mentioned the first issue because I want to get those. Have you been mentioned? Have you been reviewing them on Get It and Forget It? have not i don't know if i have the first one even yet oh okay oh yeah 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 because that would be just coming out now right yeah yeah yep. oh, can't wait to hear about it when you do all right this is one that i'm pretty sure i might be stealing a little bit of mike's thunder here so uh i won't say too much mike if uh you have this one as well because uh <laughs> this is this is more you than me so i'll let you talk about it if in fact it is one of yours as well this is lifehouse did you have this one mike i did not did you see this one no no so that was that was stood out all right this is a this is a hardcover okay this is an original graphic novel based on rock music legends Pete Townsend's 1970 screenplay of the same name. 
which inspired the Who's 1971 globally best-selling and universally beloved album, Who's Next. Originally envisioned as a sci-fi rock epic to follow up the huge chart-topping album, Tommy. And it was put aside 50 years ago in favor of, of the Who's Next song, like next songs like Baby O'Reilly, Won't Get Fooled Again, blah, 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 all, we, all the ones we know. Lifehouse, Lifehouse finally takes the stage set in a dystopian future where music has been outlawed and Lifehouse follows a small band of rebels who stage an underground concert in an effort to undermine a tyrannical leader and free Britain and all of humanity. <laughs> so this is essentially from what I just read there seems like uh, footloose in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um but I didn't even know this existed. Did you did you even know anything? Did you know there was any sci-fi epic attached to Pete Townsend uh, original work back in the day or anything? No, no. I'm I'm sure some Who fans probably, you know, knew about it. Yeah, I mean, I like the Who, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I never saw this. Uh, and this is written and drawn by James Harvey, uh, and written by David Hines, um, and Max Prentice is also a part of it. So, sounds pretty cool, though, right? <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing with these is is the price point. You know, I'm, I'm I usually don't get graphic novels. Um. Yeah, it's, so it, it's just fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah it's fifty bucks. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you can get it I'll, with a slip. You can get it with a slip cover for seventy-five. Yeah, I'll check it out at the library. <laughs> well, you what know, hey, you? hey uh, the holidays are coming, so I'll just ask now: Would you love this for Christmas? Um, I would, but there are many other things. Gotcha. Looking at you, Johnny. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, but check it out. Lifehouse hardcover yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm guessing you guys might touch on this one. Um, original X Men. This is a one shot. And um, Chris, uh, let me see. Yeah, Christos Gage is the writer. Greg Land is the artist. And we've got a Ryan Stegman cover. Um, I think this is another, this is one of those deals where, you know, the X-Men go into the past and, and, you know, try to, uh, mentor them, their old selves or their younger selves type of thing. Um, but it looks great. It's, it's original X-Men and, uh, that's, that's my X-Men. That's what I like, um, more so than, than everything that's going on with them now. So that's why this kind of caught my eye. And uh, I like Greg Land's art. I, I love the uh, Stegman cover, so I'm all over this one. Did you read that? I, did, I, or I, you know, or if you just assumed it, not not try to throw shade at you. But I, but the way I was reading it was, this is just original X Men original story. There's no current X Men going back. I, I didn't read any of that. Did you read that? That it's current X Men going back and mentoring their old selves or anything like that. But I read. I, I Tom glancied it, so maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think this is just there telling a new original X Men story. Yeah. So go up. fact check us, and someone tell us who's right. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> but this is definitely on my radar too. I agree with you, Mike. I'm going to be grabbing this. You going to be grabbing this, Pat? 
Uh, it didn't pique my interest when I breezed over it last night, but mm. I'll check it. I'll look again. We'll see. I might not pick it up if uh, if I completely messed up what I. Oh, you you like that story of the <laughs> <laughs> the New Age X Men going back to the yeah. original X Men better than just having an original original X Men story. <laughs> Anyway, okay, what do you got, Pat? <laughs> um, there were a lot of, I, I'm sure you guys know this, a lot of Christmas and holiday-themed books in this preview yes. of this one. So, of course, I'll go Mignola on you, and this is the 2023 winter special, uh, The Yule Cat, and that's cover A by Matt Smith, and we also have cover B by Mike Mignola. So a little bit. They they they've been doing these for probably I'd say the last five years. There's a winter special, so always fun to pick up. And um, you know, I'll be ordering one, two. I don't know. Four night four dollar three ninety nine cover price again. Might pick up both covers. Yeah, I'll probably grab this too. And I always look forward to the time of year you put up a. Uh... Don't you put up a Santa Hellboy on your Facebook profile, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> dig that out. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to fall right in line with uh, Patrick here with the whole Christmas theme. The Archie Christmas Spectacular is coming. And uh, <clears throat> I've never been a big fan of Archie, but my daughter... Archie used to be uh, her favorite or one of her favorite and I've always had an interest in uh, I think uh, Mike you had a, you, uh, an Archie book on eBay wasn't it like an Elvis crossover or something like that? Uh, no there was a Veronica one that uh... oh wait yeah I don't remember I remember okay, the Elvis okay. book. I remember the Elvis book, but I don't think it was an Archie one. Oh, you think it was Veronica? Okay. Well, I, I kind of put them two in line anyway, right? I mean, it's Archie comics. It's all yeah. Archie comics, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, but it was a Veronica in Germany cover or something like that. It was a Christmas Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is Chris. This is called Christmas Chaos. Um, Archie and his friends. Uh, okay, Christmas goes from nice to naughty for Archie and his friends when Jingles and Sugar Plum are replaced by their bizarro counterparts, Jangles and Sour Plum, and a cranky version of Santa called Grumpus. All that plus more holiday hijinks, uh, you know, and uh, love me some Christmas. So I figured what better uh, time to jump on the Archie train, for lack of a better way to describe it, and check this out. <laughs> Well, it is the official comic book of the Christmas. Right, yeah. You got to have it because of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, let's see. Yeah, I, I, I reread uh, the, the X-Men thing. Yeah. And I think I think they go into the future again. It's, it's confusing. Okay. <laughs> I'm still going to get it. So it's original X-Men that goes to the future. It's not... Again, and then... Yeah, then one of them gets stuck, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Either way. All right, what you got next? Uh, next, I have uh, Blood Rick. Oh, nice. 
Um, from Image, this is uh, there's three issues. This is number one of three. Comes out December sixth, and it's by uh, Andrew Cranky. Cr- He's the writer and the artist. I'm butchering his last name. Um, I think it looks like uh, it's like like a barbarian that I think he is hunting in one area, and he you know I'm butchering these this week. Sorry. But uh, I think he, he can't find any uh, anything to hunt where he is, so he goes to another another area. Uh-huh. That doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks cool, and this was yeah. on my radar too. This was on my short list. Didn't didn't quite make the cut though. Ah, uh, well, there you go. All right. Well, I talked about uh, distillery and the uh, the devil's cut anthology book and another book spinning out this is the third month in a row and we have murka and Dolpha's blasphemous um i wasn't entirely sold on the little short story that was in the devil's cut but you know i'm a big murka fan so i'll be checking this out uh it's basically i guess there's a society where these uh there's these demons and they're they, they they're gaining power through adulation of these rock idols and sports figures and things like that and that's how they get their power um again it's you know i still don't know exactly what the format is here but they're you know 8.99 cover price um don't know how many issues this is going to be we did find out in this issue of previews that uh jock series gone is at least two issues uh that was sort of up in the air before so i don't I really don't know what's going on. They don't really give much, uh, many facts about how long these series are. If they're a mini series, a one shot, but uh, I'll be checking out some uh, more Merca because I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, hopefully this one doesn't hit too close to the mark. You know, that might be kind of scary. Maybe, yeah. Little, little kind of joke there, you know, about, you know, I feel, you know, you know how so many people have put it out there, you know, that all these famous people on, especially in America have sold their soul, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to name a couple that I've heard that from that. There's one particular that I actually believe, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The thing with the distillery books is like you were saying, we're not sure the format, the price seems like they're all the oversized. Yeah. Uh, books and i'm trying not to spend as much money and then also you know most of our storage is comic book size so right the larger size just makes it a little bit more difficult yeah Yeah. all right next up for me i just mentioned uh, a reason to uh uh hop on the bandwagon with archie comics uh a little bit late to the game i'm gonna do the same thing for my next one uh with Ultraman, the official novel of the series by Pat Cadigan. Um, I love me some old school Ultraman movies, but I've never read an Ultraman comic. Uh, I know you have, right, Pat? Yeah. We've talked about it a few times, so, you know, I figured what better time than to uh, jump on board with this. Um, this is adapting classic and genre-defining Ultraman series from the 1960s. <clears throat> this novelization brings a fresh take to an iconic and inventive adventures of Earth's kaiju-battling savior. So, I'm going to check that out. 
Um, 16 back. bucks on that, by the way. 16? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's a big novel. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a novelization, so I hope it's... uh doesn't say how many pages exactly or anything, but assuming it's large. Thick. All right. Um, let's get back into the Christmas uh, mood. <laughs> <laughs> We've got... Uh, the, Cre- the Creep Show Holiday Special. It's a one-shot from Image. comes out December 6th. Uh, just two stories in this one. Um, but also, you got to keep in mind that Volume 2 is going on right now. And Number 4 uh, comes out December 20th. So in December, we get double the Creep Show. For those fans of it. Okay. Are you going to grab these? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting all the Creep Show stuff. And I just had a realization. I, I read number two, volume two, number two. Um, and I was disappointed with the stories. Uh, I'm not reviewing that one. But, and then I realized, like, you know what? I'm just getting these for the covers and the the, the idea of it. And every once in a while, I'm, I imagine I would like a story here and there. But the stories were okay. <laughs> I thought you reviewed number one on the show. Volume one, number one, yeah. That was a five oh. issue series. We're on volume two right now. Oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, I have a hard time not grabbing these, and it's it's purely mm-hmm. nostalgic for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, Mike from New York recently on the Acceler Group spotlighted a Frank Frazetta book uh, by Toshin. Uh, this is not the same book, but we've got another one spotlight this month. This is Frazetta, World's Best Comics Cover Artist, the Complete Collection, Definitive Reference by J. David Spurlock. And this comes in as a $50 hardcover or a previous exclusive slip covered $75 edition. So, yeah. Man, I actually, I actually like that cover right there better. I like Werewolves. This cover? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's great is getting a slip cover and having both. That's what's great. Was that on the slip cover then the regular book is inside that, you think? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, okay. This this is published by Vanguard, in case you didn't notice it there on the uh the spine. So it looks it looks like a really really cool collection. And the Toshin Toshin books are are awesome. That's why uh Mike uh spotlighted the youtube video but you can i guess you can never get too much frazetta unless you're not a fan but who i mean who isn't a who is not a fan right yeah this so that's sorry sorry so that's it says definitive cover so is that collect all the covers the published covers that he's had not sure about that but uh they make it seem that way don't they yeah Man, that would be great. That would be great because some of that, some of his work is, you know, those older covers, a little bit expensive, all over the place. How do you get them all right here? Right. Yep. Well, I, I'm I'm reading it real quick because this was on my list too. This is my second crossover of the day. Um, I had this one um, on mine as well, and and yeah, I don't see anywhere it says that it's like all of them, you know, or even attempting a certain portion it just says 
it's a new art book that makes the case that he's the world's best comic cover artist. It doesn't say anything about. Uh, it just said includes everything from Tales from the Crypt to Mad as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be grabbing this. Yeah, probably uh, when it gets when it makes its way to uh, Ollie's or whatever, and it's not seventy five dollars. <laughs> I definitely want to grab it though. All right, next up for me, I've got Duke number one, and uh, I'm a Duke fan. I've talked recently about how I've just recently restarted collecting GI Joe, but don't be fooled. This seems like a bait and switch <laughs> because this actually uh, follows um, other people that are investigating. A colossal alien rob robot that nearly killed Duke. So I'm not even sure that Duke is in this based on the way this is described. Um, but but I left it on my list because it does say uh, this is a mini series that introduces us to the best and worst humanity has to offer in the new Energon universe. So I guess this is a good place to dive in. Um, you know, we, we've talked recently about the whole Energon universe thing, right? Crossing yeah. with tra Transformers. And then they they pulled that on us with the last Transformers movie with G.I. Joe being in the after credits on that. So, and this is by Joshua Williamson uh, and Tom Riley. Yeah, I, I never really followed G.I. Joe or read G.I. Joe, but I'm going to, I'll be picking these up. Yeah. It's kind of you know it's kind of exciting what they're doing so it's hard not to yeah we'll see we'll see yep. what right. you got i've got more christmas but this is this is kind of uncomfortable christmas uh -oh. um so mm. i've got um deviant number two comes out in december on, on december 20th it's a nine issue series Initially, I wasn't gonna pick these up. Um, just basically, this is a—it's a Christmas story, and it's about a killer that I think they've captured him, and now there's probably like a, a copycat or something like that. But it's from James Tenney and the Fourth. And after thinking about it, you know, this issue number two is being solicited now. Here's a number one comes out November fifteenth. So there's number one. Uh, when something is killing the children was solicited, I saw it and I thought, I don't want to read a comic book about something killing kids. <laughs> so I passed on it because I'm like, that's just an uncomfortable thing. I don't want to read that. And then I picked it up off the shelf, ended up reading it, and it was actually really good. This kind of had the same feeling with me. I'm like, ah, deviant, you know, this killer Santa stuff, all that. I'm like, ah, I'm going to stay away from this. But then I started looking at it more. I'm like, the artwork's pretty interesting. So yeah. I I pre-ordered. I went back and pre-ordered number one and number two. Uh, so I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll give... Uh, Tinian's a good writer. So um, we'll see. Just nine issues. I wouldn't grab this for myself, but I can't wait to hear your reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, initially, I wasn't going to buy it for myself either. But I thought, you know what? Let me go ahead and see what it's all about. Might be cool. It definitely looks cool. 
I agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, this next one is kind of puzzling in that uh, it's called Our Bones Dust. This is by Ben Steinbeck. Uh, this is coming out through Image. So Ben Steinbeck has, has worked very closely recently, you know, in the last five, ten years with Mike Mignola on the Hellboy universe. So I would have thought if he was going to do a new book, he'd put it out through Dark Horse. But it's coming out through Image. And as you can see there, well, maybe you can't see that well. Uh, cover A is by Ben Steinbeck um, and cover B is by Mike Mignola. Um, so it, it's kind of puzzling you know the image connection here um but yeah this is sort of uh, you know another you know one of those dystopian books there's a uh a, a child and there's ai it seems like that's all it's the plot line to every comic and movie we come across these days but uh stay tuned uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh ben steinbeck uh he, he's done some really good things in the hellboy universe i like his artwork and um I mean, I'll, I'll either I'll pick this up or since we already know it's a four issue limited series, maybe I'll just wait for a trade. Um, stay tuned. All right. Um, and this is last up for me. I uh, was looking at traveling Mars. As you can see on here, uh, it's by Mark Russell and Roberto Melli, Malay, Malay. Um, and basically, this is a story of a terminally ill cancer patient uh, that they send to explore Mars. Um, you know, kind of expecting him not to survive anyway, and he agrees to do it uh, because uh, you know his life's ending, of course. And they actually send him with two kind of uh, AIs, <laughs> rovers. Uh, they're, they're rovers, but they're AI, you know. So they actually look at him like this god on Mars. So it's this kind of uh, psychological exploration of not only, you know, what we don't know about Mars, this guy's final days... And then he's got these AI that are kind of looking up to him like a god. So it kind of has this kind of feel like how 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 is someone that is terminally ill going to deal with their final days of being looked up at and treated as a god by these AI on Mars, which he's newly exploring. So it seems very interesting. It could it sounds like it could be great. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, of course it could suck. <laughs> but <laughs> is that a graphic novel yeah uh-huh yeah that sounds good yeah it says it's uh 280 pages i don't have a price on here but it's all it's got all kinds of accolades already so you know mm -hmm. yeah nice. i'd be willing to give a shot if i uh find it inexpensively enough <laughs> all right um this is uh it's kind of a, a reminder, but also <clears throat> more info. We've got uh, Philadelphia number 32. Uh, this comes out December 2nd. And last month I had uh, spotlighted issue 31 because Spawn was in that issue. And it uh, looks like this is actually going to be a six-part 
story. So I expect Spawn to be in four more issues after this. This is part two. Um, there's also, uh, as was done with issue number one, there's a noir variant where the whole book is in uh, black and white. So there you go. If you didn't have them ordered now, just plan on a six issue run there with Spawn in it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be grabbing those. Yeah. You said this is the second one, so there's four more after this. Correct. So if I order out of this one, I just got to track down the number one, which I failed to order last time you highlighted it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't um, want to subscribe to my LCS because then they would put Philadelphia in my box every <laughs> month for eternity. Well, that's <laughs> so, where, you know, that's where uh, League of Comic Geeks come in. You right. just put those issues on your thing and every, every, when uh, the comic book store posts their website, hey, the new order form's ready, you just go in, you click it, and yeah. that's all you get. Yeah. I, I, add an, I added an additional, you know, 30, 40 bucks to my weekly pool. That way. <laughs> so effective. <laughs> all right, Pat. What's all right, this is probably my favorite thing that I found. Um, as you guys know, I... Uh, you know, in the recent years, I've, I've posted these to Acceler, and that's the uh, Marvel calendars they did in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, this is the Mighty Marvel Calendar Book of Visual History. Uh, this is a hardcover $50 book that supposedly collects every all the calendars. Um, if you weren't familiar with these, um, they would commission new artwork for the, the, the art portion of the calendar. And then the uh, calendar portion with the dates and so forth will be filled in with, you know, Marvel facts, uh, sometimes funny, sometimes true birthdays. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I love them, and, and, you know, because of, you know, how calendars work, sometimes they recirculate and we can use them again. Uh, so that's why I've been posting them. But this is this is all of them. I, I never had any of these. Um, so this is a, this is a kind of a cool way to collect them all in one uh one book and have them all in one place so uh this is definitely on my radar i have to check out what kind of a discount i can get for it and maybe pick it up yeah i had one of these they're very cool i like them a lot hey, hey mike did you put up karen was chiming in that she loves that was that yeah. is that new is it definitely she's referring to this calendar book or do you know which one absolutely that's what she was talking about yeah. okay cool okay yeah yeah it's awesome definitely all um, right, yeah, that, that's it for me, Mike. You got another one? I do. I have one more. Okay. And, uh, we're gonna stay with the Christmas theme, but also <laughs> the horror Christmas theme. Uh, this is. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, stuff of nightmares, uh, sleigh ride, and this is by uh, R.L. Stein, and it, it, I think this is the third in a stuff of nightmares kind of. Th selection of one shots maybe the first one may have been a few issues but i think they had another one shot and now uh now this is a one shot december 6th um what's so great there's uh this is the a cover by uh by uh frank Avella, and there's a glow in the dark version of this as well oh geez um, and there's also uh i'm almost positive there's a glow in the dark for both a and b the b cover is uh kevin's new favorite jenny frision <laughs> yeah <No. laughs> 
She's not my favorite, but I love yeah, her. but no. Yeah. Well, I love her, but I'm right. saying, yeah, I like this and I love her, but she's not my favorite. I know, I know. Yeah. I exaggerated. <laughs> uh, so that's the that's the B cover. Um, like I said, December sixth. It's a one shot. I'm not gonna get this just because I don't want Christmas nightmares. Right. <laughs> Yep, I'll be I'll be picking it up. It, man, I don't know which cover to get. I'll probably get both, just because I I love Frank Avella's stuff, as well as uh, Jenny Frizen. Yeah, I like that person more than Jenny Frizen, but yeah, they're both cool. Yeah. All right, sorry, Pat. Go ahead. It's all right. I'm being interrupted. One second. No, here. go ahead. <laughs> Your uh, grandpa. One final thing. Hey y'all. Hey, what's up, Grandpa? See you soon. Uh, What's up, your grandpa? Yeah, uh, recently, you know, we talked about Marvel getting the ROM license back, and they had the the ROM the bus, as Mike coined it. Yeah. So now we have the micro bus because we have the Micronauts on the bus. Yeah. This is going to run you one twenty five. Uh, comes in four flavors. We have the <laughs> cover. We have the Steve Ditko cover. We have the Mike Golden cover, who's famously tied to the Micronauts. He did a lot of the early issues. And finally, we have a Butch Geist cover that's a wraparound cover, which is probably my favorite cover, I think. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, um, looks like, and I, and I I can't remember where I saw it. it wasn't, it's not in previews. But Marvel is doing a series of, uh, uh, sorry, wrong pictures, a series of uh, crossover covers with Rom in their characters. So it looks like maybe yeah. he's being reintegrated back into the Marvel Universe once again. I don't know if it's covers only, but some pretty there's some pretty good ones. So, yeah, I, I, I probably won't be getting this, you know, just caught, you know, cost wise, you know, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. Even with this, you know, it was never a you know the biggest micronauts fan although i did pick up i try to fill in you know dollar bin issues here and there with micronauts but yeah it's kind of neat to see it being put back out there again yeah i'm definitely having a hard time resisting rom and micronauts stuff but i'm like no no don't they're just trying to hook me in with the nostalgia of what it used to be yeah exactly yeah. both of those i agree with patrick both of those i i try to dollar bin those but uh, my local honey hole that I always find some great stuff. Both series, if they've got those, they don't put them for fifty cents or a dollar for whatever reason. They've got them like two ninety nine because they're because because exactly what's happening, right? Yeah, I mean they're not. But yeah, so frustrating. I mean, yeah, come on, two ninety nine for a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you were done, Pat. Was that your last one as well? Yeah. That was my last one. All right. <laughs> one more time. Sorry. <laughs> you can tell I'm running the background because I... I don't know how I accidentally hit the loop on that. I just figured I'd let it go twice because it was cool. Three got obnoxious. But anyway, (laughs) 
So yeah, that that's uh so everybody go out get all or order that stuff now or wait till it comes in uh December, right? That's all December release stuff. Yep. Um well a couple of them we talked about that are already out but are just highlighted in this latest previews. But uh man, yeah. There's so much more I'd get if uh, again money was no object and uh we had forever to talk about the book too. So but moving right along, are we ready to talk about what I watched then? Ready back yeah. to back some I'm ready, I'm ready to listen to what you watch. <laughs> well, you got one now. So anyway, you'll see. I had a rough week. Oh man. Okay, here we go. So I'm assuming the rough week means you uh, didn't even weren't weren't able to get around to catching up with Walking Dead. Is that is that what you're telling me right now? Uh, I'll unmute you. you. Mike, go ahead. You were muted again. You're good now. No, you just muted yourself again. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna unmute you. All right. It's not letting me unmute you. You try. Oh my God. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. It's saying I can't unmute you because you chose to mute yourself. There we go. <laughs> While you were asking me the question. Yeah. Music for the, for the segment started. Oh and my God. Muted me. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I had, uh, I had a rough week as far as busy schedule. Um, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Not getting home until uh, between eight thirty and nine. Yeah. So uh, that that's uh, Karen was saying. Great job, I think, for your your effects. Your my double loop audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Karen. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't be as good as you. I'm sorry. I'm trying though. All right. So anyway, um, <clears throat> I guess. Uh, well, what? Oh, yeah, Pat, you already said uh, you are not checking out uh, Daryl Dixon yet because you're still in Dead City, right? Yeah. Plus, I'm missing episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned that as well. Um. So, Mike, do you want me to watch what I'm saying here? Or is it okay to just uh, talk freely? Yeah, you can talk to me because I, I still enjoyed the episodes that I watched right. after you reviewed them. And, and one thing yeah, I, I know, know you, you, you keep telling me about that, but I fear you're going to change your mind one time and I'm just going to make an assumption. It's going to be one of the times you'd be like, oh, man, you know, so. Um, one thing I don't know if you've mentioned, these are hour and a half long episodes, too. Yeah, they're long. I don't think I've mentioned that. No. Yeah. So we'll go ahead I'll and be ready to hear all about it. <laughs> so this is uh, episode five. We're also oh, yeah, Pat one wants to check out because uh yeah. He's gonna he's gonna definitely get around to it sometime. But this is uh episode five and uh this is a pretty interesting episode because this uh and I and this really isn't a spoiling a whole lot, but it's just something for you to look forward to whenever you get around to it, Mike, is this episode gets to finally explaining how Daryl and ended up in France. You know, we started the whole series with just Daryl in France and and this whole uh, story of him, you know, having to uh, take 
a young boy that's going to be the savior of humanity, according to these nuns, on this journey to where he needs to be at the nest. And uh, we don't know how he got there, aside from a few uh, kind of comments randomly from people, uh, you know, kind of commenting, you know, that he wrecked this joint or whatever. No, no real specifics, but essentially this whole episode, uh, well, I shouldn't say this whole episode, a majority of this episode basically just highlights literally from the end of the finale of the walking dead. When Daryl drives away on his bike, this episode has a scene where it picks up right there where he runs out of gas (laughs) and he starts walking And then uh, he meets up with these uh, people. And and this is how it's all connected um, with uh, there's this big lady tyrant that uh, in France, at least. And she is using zombies to experiment on making. It seems like we don't really know this yet, but it seems like they're going to be super zombies, um, kind of indestructible and unkillable. And, uh, you know, actually... You know what? I think I just realized something as I was talking, Mike. We talked about the acid vein, the yeah. acid uh, zombies. Mm-hmm. This, this, these are probably zombies that this lady was messing with. So she, she's doing all kinds of experiments on stuff. And like I said, they don't really tell us exactly what her end game is, but just kind of trying to piece things together. It seems like she's trying to make an army of super deadly but controllable immortal zombies, kind of thing. You know, which is pretty crazy, of course. Yeah, wasn't there a, a scene in, in one of the first three episodes? Because that's all I watched. Where they were kind of, she was in a lab with some some people, and they they had a zombie behind the glass, and they're running a test on it, and it failed. The test failed. Exactly. Yeah, they injected it with something, and then it, then they tried. They kept time of how long it took before it exploded or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're right. I that I never thought of that. The acid stuff might be. You know, part Something of to do with her, her. her weird experiment things. Yeah. So, uh, so basically what happened is when Daryl runs out of gas, he actually, and this seemed, this was the one thing that seemed kind of unlike Daryl. He was kind of trusting of this guy that just kind of found Daryl and said, Hey, if you come with me, I'll get you some gas. So Daryl agrees and ends up to be nothing bad, uh, right out the gate. Uh, it's just, uh, essentially this lady in France has hired out, uh, mercenaries essentially, or, or maybe not mercenaries, but zombie hunters that go out and get living, you know, get zombies without killing them and capture them and bring them to her alive. And they're actually worth more. Their payment is fuel and they're worth more fuel if they're freshly dead, you know? So there's a whole thing that happens with that too, which is pretty, I actually enjoyed it. It was kind of messed up, uh, but anyway, uh, won't want to get into that too much. But anyway, um, he uh, he actually gets in a fight, and one of the rules amongst these hunters is they aren't allowed to fight. So when he gets in a fight, he becomes a prisoner. And now, ba- basically, what they do is they hire the guys to hunt the zombies. If they if they do it, if they break any rules, and in Daryl's example, fighting, then they just use the hunters as zombie food. To then become zom- fresh zombies, they got the right. freshest zombies you can get, right? Yeah. So, so they, so Daryl wakes up imprisoned on this on this uh, container ship, you know, one of the big container mm-hmm. ships we talked about, and uh, 
of course, you can't you can't keep Daryl down, you know. So he finds a way to wreak havoc and escape, and he jumped overboard onto one of their, you know, lifeboats, and he was close enough to France. He washed up in France, and then it essentially the end of this episode is how we got to the beginning of the first episode of Daryl Dixon. So it's a pretty interesting backstory. And then yeah. I said, uh, I said it, it almost is just focused on that, but it's not com- entirely because uh, it actually has two other partial stories that are happening. Kind of, you know, they cut between stories, and one of them is just the nun that has gone back to her ex and how she's kind of dealing with being fake with him to get what she wants, while also she's actually miserable and disgusted with herself that she's there, and and all that you know, all that's involved with that. And then also we are also following uh, Daryl getting closer to Lamont, the you know the savior boy. Um, you know Daryl's trying to teach him how to fish and hunt and protect himself and all this stuff. Uh, so we're we're kind of following current stories with Daryl Lamont and current stories with the nun and her ex while we're getting the beef of this story is just the backstory of how Daryl got yeah, to France. Yeah. So I like this episode a lot. I, you know. This might actually be my favorite episode so far, which is perfect. I like like when it goes like that. Let's make the finale the best. Yeah, it's kind of putting Darrow in that that father-like role, passing down knowledge and and teaching them. And and I think it's probably good timing that, you know, not that the the storyline was was dragging too much, you know, with with getting the boy up to, to Paris and all this stuff. But... You know they were getting too far away from questions that we had in episode one like how did daryl get here so i think it's a good it was good to go back give us that and then and then a little bit more of uh that current storyline i like it yeah yeah exactly exactly now you said that this wasn't a season finale was it no 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 actually i'm glad you mentioned that though because i was uh i, I was kind of surprised that this is just a six season uh, or this is just a, a six episode season. So mm-hmm. next week will be the finale. Okay. And with those hour and a half long episodes, you know, what's that? Nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So we're getting the nine, basically nine episode standard. <laughs> that's so. true. I didn't even think of that. Even but, though it is shorter, mm-hmm. it is, uh, it, it's, it's still giving us a lot. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Luke. Yeah. I actually uh, need to send myself something real quick. Okay. So, yeah, check out um, The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, episode five. Definitely a solid eight and a half, in my opinion. And the season's doing well as a whole in general to check it all out. So Yeah, that's good. I'm, yeah, I'm still on board. I, I'm, I was liking it. <sighs> Man, I, I could have swore I had a... We were having all kinds of picture issues, and I think uh, one of my other pictures fell off, too. Daggum. So next up, we'll go to uh, Loki. And uh, par for the course. Yeah, par for the course. I hope uh, Patrick's come, Patrick comes back in as well. Um, yep. All right, Pat. Oh. Yeah, I, to, I totally forgot to mention how it's more important to you with... Uh, Daryl Dixon than it seems to be with uh, Mike about spoilers. Sorry about that. So that's why. You yeah, just because I haven't watched any of it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. I completely understand. I don't need to ruin anything. So, okay. 
some things I don't want spoilers on because if it's iffy that I'm going to like it, maybe. <laughs> but like Daryl, I'm like, I'm definitely going to like this no matter where that's it or not. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, sometimes you kind of feel that way in general, too. Even if you don't know if it's iffy. Sometimes I, you know, I'm like, yeah, fine, spoiler. And, you know, and then sometimes I'm like super, you know, do not spoil anything. Right. You know, it, it just depends on my mood sometimes, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway, Pat, you totally uh, caught up with Loki, episode two? Yeah, yes. Okay, uh, did you want to kind of start off with your opinion on this? Um, I thought it was it was just kind of an okay episode. Nothing earth-shattering happened. Um, it certainly wasn't as exciting and uh, frantic as the first episode was. Um, but, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, that's kind of funny because we're the opposite on this. I actually enjoyed this episode more, and I guess this kind of explains, uh, you know, kind of maybe kind of explains a little bit what I prefer, maybe. I, I, I thought episode one was just a little bit crazier than I wanted, you know, which, uh, you know, tracking with it, I don't, I don't know. You know, I enjoyed episode two because obviously there's still a lot going on, but... You know, yeah, it was definitely slower paced, more story driven, you know, and uh, man, you want to give us a recap on, on, on it real quick. Oh, I'm working on getting these other pictures up real quick. That's why I'm trying to, if you could basically you're filling for me by telling the story real quick. Yeah. Basically it was sort of the Loki and Mobius were searching for, uh, I think it's the agent is X five. He's been sort of, uh, planted in this other timeline zone uh, where he's sort of enjoyed becoming an actor. Sort of weird because you don't know how much time has taken place between the first and second episode. It seems like this agent has become well established as a movie star in this reality. And basically he was sent to track Sylvie down, but he he doesn't want to leave. He he's he's enjoying his new life as the movie star. Um so it's sort of uh you know, goes from there where they 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 bring him back to the TVA and they're trying to get him to uh, spill on where and if he did find Sylvie. So, yeah, sort of sort of the back and forth between Mobius and Loki trying to figure out how to get the info out of them, and then what they do with the info when they finally get it. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah. That that I, I kind of got the impression since we're dealing with branches in time that maybe could it have been a he was there for a while but in loki and mobius's time it wasn't as long you know one of those time craziness yeah, exactly you don't you don't you never know so that because he was there long enough to obviously become a star make yes. a movie everybody right. knows about it and he's you know what i mean so yeah yeah it had to have been a long period of time, you know? So that's what I just assumed it was one of those time differentials. It was, and I actually, they, I think they might even mentioned it like one minute for him was one month for him or one minute for them was one month for him or something like that. You know, okay. it, I think it may have been mentioned. I could be wrong there, but uh, maybe I just put that in my own head because that's what would make it make sense. You know? Well, it, it does make sense. You go back to a period of time and they could check on him whenever they wanted to. So it could be five years, 10 years, you know, whatever. It's kind of, kind yeah. of craziness, you know? Right, right. And, uh, 
And then he he's denying that he ever found Sylvie. He's he's acting like he didn't he doesn't even know where she's at, but they don't believe him. So then they go through this whole torture thing with him, which I didn't. The other thing I wasn't quite tracking with was that he was their boss, or he was yeah he was higher ranking than them before. So he's uh, like, what right? Well, Loki's not even affiliated really. Well, we have Mobius, Mobius, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Mobius is sort of like. He seems like management, whereas X Five <laughs> is sort of like a soldier. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. He kept pulling. I kept, I thought he kept saying, you know, I used to be your boss, or yeah. I would feel like you know your boss or whatever, you know. Right. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't know specifically, of course. And then, uh, and then of course it also gets into which is this is the major uh, discussion of the show between me and Ayla, especially that uh, when they're pruning. So so there's. <laughs> So the complication in Loki season two, well, obviously there's a lot of complications, but the one that this this episode focuses on is that the TVA, all the members of the TVA are torn. They've come to realize or appreciate or empathize towards branches that in season one, the TVA's job was just to get rid of variants, try to keep the branches under control, they prune branches and they just kind of looked at it as kind of keeping control of the multiverse, right? Uh, and and now in season two, the TVA is kind of rethink or half of the TVA is kind of rethinking their position on the like these are actual people. We're you know we're we're essentially killing people by pruning branches and we shouldn't do that. So it gets very complex uh, morally, I guess. And and I but since there's still half of the TVA or I don't know if it's the equal division, whatever, but there's still a bunch of TVA agents that believe in their old mission. So they are still secretly, there's some members that are secretly going, still trying to prune branches. So while, while Loki and Mobius are taking X five, right? X five is his name. Yeah. Dare, what's his what's his actual name? Dale. I, I can't remember. Yeah. I think it's Dale. He's like they keep calling him X Five or whatever, and he's like it's Dale or whatever his name is. It's funny, <laughs> but anyway, while they're taking Dale to try to find where they think Siri is, or not Siri, uh, yeah, yeah, Sylvie. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, Sylvie. Uh, while they, you know, while they're trying to track down Sylvie, then then Dale X Five discovers that the branch that they're currently in is getting ready to get pruned and they better get out of there. They're going to be dead soon. So then when they go back, they actually go back to where the extremists from the TVA are, I guess that are getting ready to prune a whole heck load of branches and they kind of stop them in the middle of their mission, but they accomplish, they still accomplish pruning a whole bunch of branches. So then it's this big moment of guilt for everybody that's still a part of the TVA that man, all these people are essentially dead now. And, and that's exactly how Ayla was feeling it. But I was like, well, are they really, I mean, there's a difference between, in my opinion, and again, this is just this whole fictional multiverse morality, right? It's like, is take is ma- is making you never exist the same as killing you. I mean, I don't know. You know where do you stand on that? Uh, I don't know never thought of that but yeah i I see where you're coming from right it's complicated right (laughs) (laughs) 
So if it's, you know, I, I'm I, essentially, I guess I'm still siding with the old TVA that we're controlling the multiverse by pruning. I still think that's a, a more uh, morally correct mission because of the nightmares that could ensue uh, than it is to just make people that shouldn't exist never exist. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. <laughs> And that's kind of where we end. We still don't have any answers. We still don't know where Sylvia is. We still don't actually know, right? If uh, X5 knows where she specifically is, that how it ends, right? No, they, they tracked her now. Remember, she was working at the McDonald's and they brought her back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When they, Whenever X5 told them we're all going to die if we don't get out of here, they actually found her at McDonald's. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She, and she was loving that life. So she wanted to just go back to <laughs> And then that's where it ends, where she actually made it. Apparently, since they stopped the extremist TVA or uh, yeah agents mid-mission, one of the branches they saved is the one that Sylvie was, was at anyway. So she basically went back yeah. to work at, work at McDonald's, right? And that's where it kind of ends, right? Yeah, you're correct, Kevin. She was loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was loving it, right? I, I will say that I what I liked a lot about this episode was uh, Loki actually using his powers quite a bit. I thought it was pretty cool. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. I, thank God you're here, Pat, because, yeah, that was actually a big thing. Me and Ayla right away. It's like, finally, he's using <laughs> some of his powers. We were, we were kind of going back and forth. We disagreed a little bit when we saw him use his powers last. And we were yeah, thinking, really. The dark world, right? I mean, is that yeah, the last seems, time we, right? Seems like. I mean, he he did little tricks here and there to fool people by who who or where he was, but he never he hasn't really been using much of his powers lately. Yeah, I mean, and obviously he's awesome. He's powerful, you know. So it, whenever that it was funny because whenever that happened, it stood out because yeah. he it made you think back. Man, he is so powerful. Why are we only seeing this now? It's kind of kind of crazy. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a part that me and Ayla loved about it as well. So, all right. So, yeah, I I definitely uh, enjoyed this episode again. Like I said, a little bit more than the first episode, which I thought was good as well. So, I think uh, they're doing a pretty good job so far. And you yeah. know, there's there's obviously haters out there all the time, but sometimes I'm just scratch. You know, sometimes I can relate to the things they're saying, and sometimes I'm just scratching my head as to. Uh, these guys are obviously just being haters. There, there's really no merit to their complaints, and and I felt like the hate that uh, Loki's getting, uh, there's, I, I'm not seeing it yet, you know. So anyway, check it out, Loki season two, episode two, good stuff. I'll give it a solid eight, eight and a half as well. You know, I'm I'm really enjoying the series I'm watching. So this, I'm gonna call this an extra real quick because I just want to say um, something real quick about it because I know you both have seen this, uh, and it's been a while. I finally got to see it. Uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie. I think you you both you both saw this in theaters, right? Yes, I did. I finally got around to watching it. I'm I'm not a big Super Mario Brothers fan anyway, you know, the the in general or the video game really ever. I mean, obviously I've played it a bunch, but uh, it never really was, you know, more of a I if I'm going any Mario, it's Mario Kart for me or nothing, you know. Well, actually Super Smash Brothers is pretty awesome, but that's a whole other thing. So, uh, just I'm not a big Mario, uh, you know, gatekeeper, you know, as into proper storytelling or anything like that. 
And I will, you know, start with the positives that this movie was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I will say I enjoyed it less than I thought I would, though. I didn't think there was a whole lot of kind of clever lines or clever takes or clever events that happened in this. It was it was really kind of straightforward story, in my opinion. Um, the only thing I, w- I did think, though, is, again, since I'm not a big Super Mario brother or Mario fan... You, either one of you know better than what I'm getting ready to say. You can correct me. One thing that does stand out for me is like with this is Princess Peach is like this baddie now. She's like a, you know, she, she, she's a super take care of business, you know, whatever Tomb Raider type, <laughs> Laura Croft, you know, Sigourney Weaver, whatever Ripley, you know, kind of bad, bad butt girl now, you know, which wasn't she always in all the video games and all the lore? She, she was the damsel in distress, right? I mean, they were saving her. Isn't that accurate? Um, until recently, probably the last 10, 15 years, she's, she's been a playable character and, you know, sort of has had the same powers and things like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that's what kind of took me back. You know, I was totally assuming, you know, this is going to be the Mario Brothers. Obviously, Peach is in it. I've kind of heard some you know things about the movie and i i just totally assumed princess peach you know needs to be saved and that doesn't mean she's got to be this weakling or anything but she kind of was like they actually had a couple scenes where she was quote unquote better than mario she actually says that in this especially during that one obstacle course that kind of simulated the video game and i was i was just like man can't there just be a damsel in distress sometimes you know for for the good guys that are on this arc of getting better to save, you know, I, you know, that kind of stood out for me here. But like I said, I like the movie. Um, I think it's fun enough. I, I don't think it's great. Um, uh, but, uh, the, I mean, it was definitely visually good. And, uh, you know, there, there were definitely were a few parts that were fun and, uh, kind of clever that, uh, made me chuckle a little bit, you know, but, uh, it wasn't, it just wasn't as good as I thought it was. So I'm going to give uh, super Mario brothers a, uh, um, you know, six and a half, seven, you know, you guys remember what you guys, uh, Ray, this in general. I know you guys said you liked it, but did you think it was kind of a standout or just kind of, yeah, it was okay. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, I haven't watched it since I think it's, is it, it's available free now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I watched it. Thanks for mentioning that, Mike. I watched it free on Peacock. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't, it, it didn't hit, you know, stick with me enough to go, search it out a second time uh if the kids had it on i'd probably sit down and watch it and enjoy it yeah um, but that, that's where i am yeah it was it was fun for a time yeah i'm kind of the same opinion kevin i i, I thought it was okay I, I think i mentioned at the time i'm just not a big illumination studios fan oh, yeah yeah you did yeah so it kind of some of the choices they made yeah but yeah, it, it was it was fine. It just wasn't outstanding. Let's just say that. And I agree that I I do remember the animation. I was very impressed with the animation. It was really yeah. Cool. yeah. All right, so check it out free now on Peacock Super Mario Brothers movie. All right before, uh, are you done with uh, what you watched? No, I got one more. Oh, okay, go ahead. I just have something at the end of what you watched. Okay, it's okay. something that you haven't watched yet, and I want to highlight it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. Got this uh, in the title. Uh-oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The creator 
actually made it to the theater last week. I side note on theaters, I'm actually making it to the theater again later today. And uh, this is a, this is a first in decades that I've been to the theater two times in two weeks. And uh, it's also a first because I've convinced my wife to go see the ex- the new Exorcist movie with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is not a horror fan at all, just because she really gets scared. So, you know, more info on that next week. I was say, did uh, you hit the lottery and not tell anyone <laughs> twice in one week? That's like one pay one payday period. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're uh, we're pushing the envelope. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, no comics for me next week. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, the creator, and this is by the director of Rogue One, which I love. Rogue One, and and this obviously looks very similar, just artistically, visually. Uh, as Rogue One and uh, I think Mike had pointed it out at one point in time too that uh, this seemed very similar to Descender as well so it's obviously just a sci-fi in general you know so all kinds of appeal to get that that's what kind of forced me to make sure that I got to see this in theater I wanted to get it in all its glory you know and um, this stars John David Washington and uh, Madeline Yuna Voyles is the little girl there beside him on the cover. And then Gemma Chan and Allison Janney. I'm not familiar with uh, a lot of these people. Um, but basically what happens in the creator is in the future, uh, of course, we've created AI. Uh, they become kind of more, we intentionally start to build them to be self-aware there you know this kind of has this 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 movie takes a lot from a lot of other movies so i hear a lot of blade runner comparisons with this which i get that um i actually got um more of an irobot feel from this um and i don't see a lot of people kind of comparing it to irobot um then of course mike you're talking about descender and uh, pet i think you mentioned it's like there's so much with ai and dystopian futures going on right now uh, everywhere and everything now. So, uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, say that this doesn't take from a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're in the future. AI has become self-aware. Um, an AI sets off a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles, I believe it is, and kills 11 million Americans. So now America is totally against AI and outlaws AI and uh, there's a bunch of countries that don't agree with America in that regard. And this movie focuses on Asian countries. Uh, the biggest reason why is because uh, the creator of AI is based in Thailand, I believe. If I misspeak any countries or anything like that, just it's not really significant in the story. It's just kind of that that's why. Uh, They're kind of focused on trying to find the creator uh, because the creator, of course, is still working on AI and and getting support from all these other uh, Asian countries. And America, like I said, is all about they've made it completely clear that if you are still supporting AI, we're after you and we will just we will not stop until we find all AI in the world and, and including the the creator which is not ai it's just a human that's the creator um including we're going to find the creator and we're going to wipe them all out to make sure what happened to us doesn't happen again 
Okay. That's kind of the gist of this uh, movie in general. Um, Mr. Washington here, I can't remember his character's name. Um, he is a undercover um, agent, you know, searching for the creator. He's undercover. And again, I think it's Thailand. Um, he's undercover. And amidst all these AI humans and AI alike to try to find the creator is his ultimate mission. Um, the movie starts out with, uh, he's, he's, he, while he's undercover, he's got his wife and his kid with him and, uh, or actually I just think he's got his wife. She's pregnant though. Uh, he's got his wife and she's pregnant and he doesn't tell the Americans to come yet, but they decide they're going to raid the area he's in because he has kind of giving, given little inklings that creator is near so they decide rather than wait and him possibly lose the lead to raid now and in the midst of that his wife is killed of course his you know pregnant wife was his his child is killed um and of course uh he he, he at this point since that happened to him since they kind of jumped the gun and killed his wife and unborn baby he's done he's done being an agent searching for AI. So he kind of, we, we get to, I think like five years later or something and, uh, we're, he's back in the States and, uh, this ship incidentally, uh, you see on the poster here, that's got this big blue ray coming down is called Nomad. Nomad. It's, uh, it was created by the States to basically, and nothing can stop it. It's like, a star destroyer on steroids, you know, it's just kind of floating around in everywhere and anywhere that they have a lead that there's AI here or possibly cre the creator, it goes there. And, uh, this is, I'm getting get into one of my scratching my head moments on this. I don't even know what this blue ray that comes down it. They actually have when this blue ray hits the earth, it creates this big, like graph, like with all these, it looks like inch marker, like a ruler graph kind of thing you know, light on the earth, but then that's not even where it sends its missiles or anything. It just, whenever it's getting ready to do business, whenever it's found things it wants to destroy, it shoots down this blue graph in the ground, but then missiles come out of it and then they go shoot off to wherever they're shooting things. It's, it, I don't, it's a little confusing. It's actually one of the, again, scratch, scratch, head scratching things that people complain about in the reviews as well. It's very cool looking. This is a very cool ship, and that is a very cool light. I just don't understand its functionality correctly. You know, Maybe it's figuring out where it is by the topography. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that sounds good, Mike. This is where we are. We need to shoot over there. So. Oh, Mike, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to thank you. <laughs> sounds thank good. You. I'm running with that. That sounds good to me, and I saw the movie. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> So the name of the ship is called Nomad. So what happens is um, the United States military goes back to, uh, I keep calling him Mr. Washington. I'm just going to look up his character's name. Uh, Joshua, Joshua, I'm sorry. So Josh, they go, they go to Joshua and they're like, hey, you were the last person that had a lead on the creator. We need your help. Joshua's like, screw you. You killed my wife and unborn baby. I'm not helping you. And then they show him this video of his wife recently in Asia. So they're like, Hey, look, she's still alive. Just oh, kidding. We didn't kill her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he actually watched her being killed though. 
you know, she was, she was, she was, she was actually mad at him because she, whenever they were raiding him, he tried to go in the back corner and be like, Hey dude, dude, we're not ready. We're not ready. And his wife actually witnessed that. And her wife, his wife is an AI lover or whatever. Uh, so she gets mad at him. She figures out he's undercover. So she's actually running from him when the full raid comes and she gets hit by one of the bombs. Um, you know, so that's how she dies. So they're, they're kind of playing it like, oh, he didn't see her physical parts, but it was just her in this area. And then this area exploded. So they're kind of playing like she didn't actually die there. It's actually her. But I thought this was another part that's kind of like, what? Come on. I mean, I find it hard to believe something I see on the internet now, no matter how realistic it is because of what they can do with technology now, let alone in the future when AI exists and there's this nomad ship in the sky. My first instinct if I was him was, nah, I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> not buying it. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, for the sake of this story, he goes, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on this trek. Uh, oh, oh. To find his wife, but also again this uh, this little girl. Now, um, what they do, they 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 entice him with finding his wife. But the real mission they're asking him to do, but also saying, "Oh, and you'll probably find your wife too," is there's an ultimate weapon that has been designed by the AI and the creator to destroy Nomad, because the only reason, as you can imagine, AI are so awesome. The only reason they're having any problems with the humans, is, Americans especially, is because of Nomad. It's just so awesome, right? So they create this secret weapon that's sole purpose is designed to take down Nomad. And then they're sure they can win this war because Nomad's the only thing that's kind of making it difficult, right? So he goes and they find a, they get a lock on this secret weapons location. And of course, the secret weapon is none other than the little girl. And uh, her is the, the the name of the secret weapon prior to finding the little girl is Ao. Um, but Joshua gives the little girl a nickname rather than calling her Ao. Um, he calls her Alfie, or yeah, for you know for Alpha Omega, just Alfie, you know. So anyway, so now he's he's been tasked to destroy the secret weapon. But now it's a little girl, so now he's totally conflicted. He can't kill the little girl because she's she's super great. She's 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 a great actress. She's a great character. She's lovable. You know all the stuff they just right. Suck you right in with. You know. Well, that, um, that's good. They get you in the same mindset as him. Exactly. Like, yeah, you can't do this. Exactly. She's total. She's adorable, and uh, you know, so. Now he he essentially brings her with him in this. In, so now he's just focused on his, finding his wife again, you know. So he he basically just brings Alfie with him on the journey to find his wife, uh, and then he finds out how Alfie can actually take down Nomad. I won't get into that, but basically she has abilities. So while they're running, now America's looking at Joshua like a traitor because he's not he's not killing Alfie and he's just focusing on his wife. So it's you know it's crazy it's crazy. I, I'm not even gonna go anymore uh, on the specific storyline. Check it out. This is an amazing movie in my opinion. I I was loving it. Note that word I just used in the middle there was. Um, this this could have easily been probably one of my you know 
whatever top 20 favorite movies of all time. I, I loved it visually. I love the special effects. I love the story. I loved Alfie. Josh was great. His wife is great. I'm down with the premise, even though it's kind of overplayed. Loved it. Except, <laughs> yes. I can't love this movie because it literally, it, so first of all, and again, you know how I just said with Joshua, he just buys his wife's alive because they show a video like, mm -hmm. like they couldn't have faked that. Right. Well, there's also another moment where he's talking to one of the AIs that used to be his friend, but it's kind of his friend again or whatever. Um, the AI is like, you know, we didn't set off that bomb. That was a, a coding error by a human. The LA bomb that killed 11 million people that created Nomad. The, the AI, you know, shrugs it off any responsibility, just saying, you know, that was a coding error. We didn't do that. So now, of course, Josh was totally on the side of the AI. But if you were AI and you wanted to get people to not kill you because one of your brethren in LA killed 11 million people, what would you do? You'd lie and say it wasn't us. Right. You know? But in this moment, he just totally buys it. And they expect us as the audience to just, oh, this AI guy, he's telling the truth. And then he has no way of, of lying, you know, but, but these AI are just basically human. They can lie all they want. But anyway, and then from that point on, America's the freaking empire in this movie. Like, and, and they don't, they don't even play around with kind of giving America the constant excuse of, you know, 11 million Americas. They literally just start playing the U S military. Like they're the empire and they're just, they will kill everything and anything, which makes this even worse. There's, there's this really, there's this, and this is a cool part where these missiles that come down from Nomad, they literally can put like this tracking insignia on a person and they can run. They can, they can go whatever they want. That tracker does not move off of them at all. So they can literally target individuals, you know? So they literally show that Nomad has the ability of targeting individuals, but then Nomad literally wipes out just villages of anybody that has, has any AI they just kill all the AI and all the humans alike. You know? a lot of collateral damage that it seems like they can it's get around. It's unnecessary. Exactly. Yeah, necessary. yeah. So like I said, this movie plays the U.S. is the super uber bad guy of this futuristic world. And I'm not going there. I, you know, I, it literally, it got so bad in my opinion that I couldn't focus on how good the rest of it. It was just so distracting to me. You know, um, for anybody watching this, you know, we have a, you know, I, I'm a Marine family. I got two, two military boys. I'm a Marine. Mike's here. Mike here's a Marine. You know, I, I don't really like this kind of, it, it really seemed America hating. I thought this would be a simple fix uh, for the writer of this movie that, you know, that could have been, what's the bad Koreans, North Korea. I always get confused. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been North Korea developed no matter what. And this movie would be one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know why this had to be America being the bad guys. So this is a big not recommend for me. And, and like I said, it's so unfortunate because I love this movie in so many ways um, that I would have given this probably a nine. But the fact is, it's not only 
America's the bad guy, but they actually, it seems like they go out of their way to, to keep making that point in my opinion throughout this movie that I'm not even going to rate it. I'm just going to say, I'm never watching this again. I don't recommend anybody watch it because I feel like this could have not been an American hating movie and been one of the best that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, so that's, that's where I am on this. The, as far as the writing and the general plot of this without American being the bad guys, man, this is so good. So, you know, take that for what you want. I'm not going to judge anybody that wants to check this out. If, if I were watching someone like me saying this, I would still probably check it out because there's still so many things that attract me to it. I'm just giving my personal humble opinion, uh, which, you know, you know, take it or leave it. Um, that's where I am on this movie. Uh, made, made, and it, it literally made me sad because of, you, you have you ever had that experience where how much yeah. you want to love something yep. and then due to your own convictions, otherwise you can't, you know yeah. what I mean? Literally it's like they're forcing you to, it's like, I really want to love this and support it, but then they're forcing you to not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get it. Yeah, me and, me and Jesse were literally speechless for about 10 minutes walking from the theater, which we're usually the total opposite. We go right. out the gate and we're just blah, 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 blah. We were both literally just like this, you know, anyway. But that's just my experience. Check it out if you want. Don't check it out if you don't want, <laughs> you know, but... I just wanted to say that about creator and uh yeah with that 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 is what kevin watched this week and i'm, I'm glad me, got yeah. that out so let me put this up you i know you haven't watched this yet uh because nobody has i just saw this it looked like it came out this was posted a few days ago so you guys may have already seen this but like the new prey movie from uh you know predator no man land and it takes place in World War II. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. I was yeah. excited before because I really liked the first one. Um, you really liked the first? Come on. I, I enjoyed the first one. Okay, you enjoyed it. it and really liked it are two different statements. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> I would watch. I would rewatch the first one. Like, so would I because I need more points to try to make people realize how dumb it is. <laughs> But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I, I overall enjoyed it too. I think I said that. Yeah. So this looks great. World War II. It like does. It. I agree. Is that all we have as a poster? That's all we have so far. It's I don't, that's all. I just saw it right before we started the show. I think this, this was shared at least three days ago from what I saw online. Um, so this morning was my first time I've seen it. Yeah. All, all I heard was it coming out too and saw a picture too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more, but looks yeah. cool. And since you did that, and I was thinking maybe you might have put this up, um, Rebel Moon. You know, I, I, I'm excited for Rebel Moon. I talked to you guys about that, Zack Snyder. Um, his supposed, what he presented as a screenplay for the sequels, but they mm -hmm. didn't accept it. Uh, Star Wars sequels, of course, but they didn't accept it, so he made his own right. sci-fi uh, opera, and uh, and it's named another than Rebel Moon, so I can't wait for that. That's coming out in December, though, I think, so, you know. Did you, oh yeah, did that poster I didn't see Mike have a uh, release date for that? I didn't see. Okay, I don't see it either. No. Okay. All right, that's good though, Mike. Yeah. Good soon, soon only on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> might be since uh whatever COVID nightmare's over, it might be uh, straight to theater though. Who knows, right? Possibly. 
Well, it's a Hulu uh, exclusive, so I don't think it'll show in the theater, right? Well, that's what Pat was just saying. I, I don't. The Prey was a Hulu exclusive, but I assume that was still because of COVID stuff. Um, no, it said it said right on Mike's poster, soon coming to Hulu. Oh, it said that at the bottom. I didn't see it. Okay, Scroll, okay. scrolls blocking it. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. But you see what I was speculating? I was just speculating. Yeah, yeah. But I'm happy to be wrong. I'm glad that you're you were. I thought you were speculating, but I'm glad you're just right. So, <laughs> all right. But anyway, that's what we watched. <laughs> then when I get passionate, it exhausts me. <laughs> ready for, you ready to take over, Mike? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right, let's get some fun stuff. Oh, Mike, there you go. You're muted. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for it to automatically unmute, but it wasn't wasn't doing it. All right, so uh, let's go ahead with our pick three. Uh, here are ten covers for books coming out uh, Wednesday, October eighteenth. almost like a drum roll uh okay we'll start here with uh deadpool batter blood number five from nick bradshaw and then incredible hulk five alexander lonzo catwoman 58 gabriel del Otto. i think they're doing a uh artist spotlight at dc and uh, i think del Otto is the spotlight so a lot of the titles are gonna have del Otto covers variant covers uh, moon knight 28 nick klein World's Finest 20, Bjorn Barons. Wolverine 36, the second print from Tyler Kirkham. Daredevil number two, Frederico Vicentini. Uh, Ghost Rider 19, Lucian Vecchio. Superman 7, Lee Bermejo. And Space Outlaws 2, Marco Fontanilli. All right, first of all, sorry about that. I dropped a can of soda. That's what that banging was. I thought I muted it when I walked away. <laughs> um, first thing I want to ask is, Pat, what do you think of this week? Uh, it wasn't a great week for me. And that's what most of my family thought, too. But apparently me and, well, well I'm, I'm saying at least me and I think Tom or uh, yeah, Tyler well, both commented. Tom and Tyler, yeah. 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 I, I agree. Great. I agree with Patrick. <laughs> really yeah i struggled i struggled with this one seven of these were in the running and i had a hard time getting it less than five wow so you did a good job man and, and like i said obviously me tom and tyler you know so yeah yeah it's i i love these what okay yeah so let's see who won and then we'll talk about them a little bit all right yeah yeah i didn't uh i didn't hit a home run with new york mike did you get any? He, he voted for one. I can't wait to hear what that one he was. He voted for one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and I, I want to start doing a thing. I can almost uh, guarantee I can guess his votes. Like some 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 people I can guess on, on what they're going to vote. 
just because uh, you know I've known you guys so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's start with our third place cover. What surprised me? Yay! Awesome. So we've got Space Outlaws number two, Marco Fontanelli. Well, that's funny because that's one of the ones that weren't in my running. Watch the top three <laughs> be the three that weren't yeah. in my running. That'll be hilarious. Yeah, I didn't like any of them. So. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that, uh, that this one, because this one was a lock for me. I, I love this one. It's an easy one. <laughs> so I'm even more befuddled now because you you two obviously love these, and I'm saying there's seven that are great in my opinion. So that's eight you guys should have loved in my opinion. So anyway, what's two? Let's see. <laughs> All right, number two, we have... Uh... Incredible Hulk number five. Alexander Alonzo. Yeah, this was so cool. Yeah, I love that one. I voted for that one, definitely. I mean, if you're going to make the Hulk look big, stick him in a box that's too small for him. <laughs> right. Pat, what say you about this one? Yeah, this was the this was my final shave off my list. Uh, the only thing, the only nick against that i had it was it's sort of a redux of the starango famous all cover mm -hmm. uh, but it, why, it's is not, that a, why is that a nick though i thought i thought that made it cooler to me yeah okay oh i almost hit the wrong one all right and number one this did not surprise me as hold on as let I me see if i can nail this okay ready <laughs> there it is. Uh, Gabriel Del Otto with Catwoman 58. Nice. Yes. As, uh, yeah, as soon as I, I saw that when I wrote it down, I was like, that's going to win. It's a yeah. lot. It's... Yep. <laughs> no, I, I think the composition on this cover is really good. But there's just something I'm just not a fan of his. I I don't like painting style. Oh my god! Karen's chiming in. She's like, "Yes, she's happy about uh, Catwoman." Yeah. That is shocking. I would have made money. It, yeah. It's a great layout. But I laid money. But I laid money in general. You'd be a Del Otto fan. Yeah. Nah, not really. I actually, I don't talk about this much, but I actually have a. I've created a list of. People that like Del Auto and people that don't like Del Auto. So let me go ahead and pencil you in for the number your your number one, Patrick. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good company all day. You totally had me suckered there. I was like wondering who else was on the list, but the whole point is you're alone, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine, though. You know, obviously, we love it. We love it. So, anyway. So, yeah. Hulk and uh, Catwoman were definitely one and two for me. Mike, do you want to... Well, you know. Dang, um, yeah. What's my... Yeah. Pat, you want to guess what my number three was? Wolverine? Nope. Yeah, I don't know. That Superman is so cool. Superman, yeah. yeah. Well, I have issues with that Superman cover. I think the kid is great, but uh -huh. that Superman almost looks like an action figure. In fact, I thought possibly they could have reconfigured it where the kid was holding a Superman action figure. He, mm -hmm. Superman just looks fake to me in the background. Oh, I don't know okay. 
what could be an actual action figure, but they're taking the little yeah. boy is emulating his action figure. Could I didn't be. see it. I'll have to look at it closer. But just by going off of that. Yeah, the boy is so well done, but Superman just yeah. doesn't work for me. So what were your three then, Pat? I had to settle for the uh what do, what do they call them? The new champion variants. Ghost Rider. I think you did the Ghost Rider number 19. Yeah. Right? Ghost Rider and Deadpool. Which, you know, you know. I the the Ghost Rider is much better. I like the Ghost Rider much better than the Deadpool for some reason. I think just think it's goofy, but the, the yeah. Ghost Rider is well done in the in the the little girl Ghost Rider looks techno cool. But my my number one pick by far was the Space Outlaws cover this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I voted for the, the Ghost Rider as well. I like that one. I like, love that we're friends. I love that we're friends, you know. <laughs> because the three that weren't in the running for me were Space Outlaws, Deadpool, and Ghost Rider. <laughs> All the rest were in the running for me. I, you know, I tell you, I did not, I didn't like the cover for Space Outlaws number one, but I, I really, really like this one. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't like the Moon Knight or the Daredevil. You know, when I'm, I'm looking at these on the computer, they're small because I yeah. use, uh, I use uh, League of Comic Geeks. And if I click on it to look at it larger, when I go back, it takes me to the current week. So then I have yeah, to scroll yeah. over to, to the, the, the upcoming week. And then I have to scroll down to where I was looking and I lose my place. So <laughs> I don't make them large very often. It's uh, like, how, yeah. how bad do I need to look at this full screen? <laughs> so I is, it those, worth, is it worth it? Exactly. So I did it. And then later on, after my list is done, I've you know, stepped away from it. And I'm going in to get these post to everybody and i'm looking going oh man that's just not good that's not good at all and those two fell into the category i think they're the the like the zombie five zombie ones yeah, yeah. um yeah i was like dang it disappointed i had those on there but you know what though every single yeah, cover got votes yeah. every cover got votes, so i like how uh the accelerator logo is right on superman perfectly almost there <laughs> yeah that's his body <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on the kind of an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't believe it. Oh man, okay, well, you know, take them or leave them. Get them this week. It's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. want to get most of them. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I'm a. I only have two. Well, yeah. anyway, don't sell yourself short, Mike. You did a great job. Oh, thanks. Thank Hopefully you review uh, Space Outlaw again. Yeah, I did number one. I've got to get number two because I failed to order those. Mm. And I figured I would uh, order it through uh, Gateway, but they didn't have any extras. So I've got to track a copy down. But yeah, I'll definitely review that one. Okay. Yeah, speaking of reviews...
I just want to start by apologizing to Karen because I didn't even change from what Kevin watched to uh, pick three. I, I guess I should apologize to you too, Mike. The scroll on the bottom. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's why I was so confused. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> my vision's so bad and so messed up. But my whole my whole screen's blurry. I can't see anything. Well, our millions of viewers were like, "Oh man, look at this show. It sucks. The banner doesn't even match what they're talking about." <laughs> You guys are lucky. I'm putting up the right pictures for what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, what'd you read this week, uh, Mike? So, so the the lead in was a, a little misleading. I, I read the first quarter of this book, um, and then I ran out of time. I fully intended to get up early this morning and finish it, but I didn't. So, this is based off of what I read and what I saw on the pages that I looked through. Okay, you guys deleting. Hold on. You keep moving my picture. <laughs> All right. Um, I made sure that I stopped by the store because I really wanted to read this and talk about Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos number one. And I love this cover by uh, Ryan Brown. And? And I, I got this cover from her. Anyway, um, so this is one of four uh, written by Stephanie Phillips. Uh, the artist is Carlos Magno, and the Ryan Brown covers. Um, I got the Gary Frank cover for the for the, the B cover, and I was hoping that he would do. Uh, you know, I like consistency. I was hoping that uh, Gary Frank would do two through four as well, but he doesn't. So the only constant is Ryan Brown on A's. The rest of the series gets various variant covers. So for somebody that likes themes, it's kind of disappointing. But uh, so basically, we've got um, this takes place during World War II, and Cap joins forces with Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. So we've got our traditional uh, Nick Fury um, from years ago, that uh, not the uh, Ultimate Nick Fury, or or like the Samuel Samuel Jackson Nick Fury. <laughs> and um, there's a uh, a new bunker is discovered. That's called the Wolf's Lair, and that's uh, you know. So basically, you got to guess who's sent in to infiltrate that bunker, because we the U.S. has failed numerous times to to do so. So now they're going to be sending in Captain America and the Howling Commandos, and that's as far as I got. Okay. <laughs> um, now I, I've got some interiors. the The artwork is fantastic. I absolutely love the artwork. It's it's so dark and moody at parts. Cap looks great. Um, Howling Commandos look great. And of course, that's I love that shot of Cap right there. So for the art alone, this is worth it. Um, but I, I think Stephanie Phillips has done a good job on getting my interest just you know through the first quarter of the book. Um, and then of course the werewolves. Uh, I'm a sucker for werewolves. So yeah. But uh, I saved the last page. You guys can check that out whenever you, whenever you get it and read it. So this is a uh, this is a get it. Just based on that. Okay. I'm yeah. I can't yeah. I can't I can't wait to read this. Yeah, I should have I should have made it a point to get to the store this past week to grab it as well. All right, Pat. What you got? <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't Captain America and the Howling Commandos. It was not. Or if so, you do a better job than me. <laughs> uh, I played catch up this week. 
I did a lot of catching up on hmm. She-Hulk. You read a trade paperback. <laughs> I did, and let me tell you, it's it, it, it was an easy it was easy to get through them this week, and uh, in a good way. Let's say that. Uh, She-Hulk, number ten through fifteen, and I think fifteen is the last issue, because of course we need to relaunch after fifteen issues with the same creative team. Uh, New sensational, title, though, right? Sensational She-Hulk, yes. Um, uh, written by Rainbow Roel, uh, issue ten by Takashi Mikazawa, and eleven through fifteen by Andres Genale. And I have to say, he. This guy surprised. I don't know if I was familiar with him at all from before, but uh, I really like his uh, artwork. He's very uh, solid um, and a good storyteller. Um, he's not. He's not flashy. He's not. You know, he might be under a lot of people's radar, but boy, I was impressed. And of course, we got you know six great covers here by Jen Bartel. Yeah, those all are pretty awesome. Yeah. And, you know, if, if nobody's noticed, Jen Bartel's doing a, a cor different corner box for every issue, holding up the old uh, Marvel tradition there that doesn't seem to ever be able to catch back on, but she's doing it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so number 10 deals with the fallout from the first story arc uh, of, of, of the book where a scientist was trying to steal She-Hulk's blood and... Uh, it also deals with her relationship with Jack of Hearts, who's come back into her life because they've had sort of interconnected uh, story because uh, Jack of Hearts absorbs radiation and she could potentially he could he could potentially kill She-Hulk by siphoning off all of her gamma radiation. So it's sort of this thing where they're they're attracted to each other, but they should they be together? You know, so um, they're trying to figure that they're trying to figure their relationship out and they, but they start like drifting apart because they're not sure if they should be together because of their power uh, difficulties. Um, 11 through 15 starts the new story arc dealing with uh, Jen. She's starting up this fight club, you know, with uh, Volcana, the thing, uh, Luke Cage. It's, it's just sort of a thing where they can work out their frustrations and talk. And it also deals with her job as a lawyer which, you know, she was hired by this new firm where she was told no superhero clients, but now her boss is flip-flopped on that because there doesn't seem to be anybody that wants to take them on. So Jen is doing the, the superhero client thing. And the big uh, story arc thing here is that she starts assisting the Fantastic Four, helping them out, you know, as a past member of the Fantastic Four, she has a good relationship with them. Uh, they're dealing with this classified mission where a thief is stealing these bomb components. Um, it turns out the thief, you see him there on the cover for 14. His name is the Scoundrel. Uh, real, not a real original name there, but uh, it suits him. He's he's this, uh, it, he has invulnerability. He, he obtained it through some kind of magic means. And he's actually a pretty good match for She-Hulk. He, he ends up, you know, outsmarting or you know, tricking her and getting away multiple times with these parts for the bomb. And also, with all, on top of all of that, you know, coming with the name, he's like this debonair, uh, suave individual. He's attracted to She-Hulk, and it, it appears that She-Hulk possibly might want to return his affections. Uh, it might be mutual. Um, 
But in the end, uh, towards the end of this, uh, these issues, she discovers that the scoundrel was uh, working for an alien uh, who has a grudge against the Fantastic Four who wanted to blow up a portion of Manhattan. And he, he, he has set up this bomb. And She-Hulk, along with uh, the help of her fight club, uh, fellow fight club members and uh, Jack of Hearts ends up coming back into the picture uh, sort of saving the day because the bomb does go off but Jack of Hearts can absorb you know all this radiation so he absorbs it sort of saves the day um, that, that's basically it these, these six issues are, are are basically whether you like it or not I know it's not for everyone but it's it's basically a, what I'm going to say it's a rom-com com it's a romantic comedy comic book um, if you if you don't want to read anything about relationships, this is not the book for you. Uh, like, but it, I'm fine with it. It's 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 light. It's it's fun. I think it's reasonably well written. I don't have any complaints with uh, Roel Rain, Rainbow Roel's writing here. Um, she, I think she gets the characters, um, and I like She-Hulk. I like Jack of Hearts. I like the supporting characters. I was going to ask, what, what do you think the percentage is between, you know, all the rom-com you're talking about versus the action story you told? What's the, like, it's a plan. Like, yeah, like, like, say, so, like, issue maybe, like, 11, uh, one of these issues was basically just She-Hulk and Jack of Hearts basically talking the whole issue. And I, uh -huh. and I believe, I know that's not for everyone, but yeah. it, it, in the terms of the story it was well done and you know i don't i don't know if it was because i read them all boom 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 uh the, the story just flowed really well for me and um definitely you know i i i can't knock it because i certainly enjoyed it more than the right stuff i reviewed last week That's <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely a more modern storytelling uh but but again Boy, I know this isn't for everyone. Um, I, and I, I do think this second half of this series, these issues I read here, were a lot stronger than the first nine issues. Um, I, I felt like the first nine probably sort of skewed too closely to the She-Hulk series, especially with the whole plot of stealing blood and her getting back into lawyering and the superhero clients. It seemed like, you know, they're kind of the same deal and I don't know if people necessarily want that so yeah this 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 shift in issues 10 through 15 was definitely welcomed and like i said read read really well for me i enjoyed it definitely get it for me but if you don't want any romance in your comics uh it's probably one to definitely avoid <laughs> well i love that review because i you know I, I always say the mission statement of Acceler Comics is to let people know what they're getting into. So yeah, I'm, that's not my jam, but uh, it's good to know that you know if if uh, you want that kind of thing, it's good. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I feel like this would go over well with the manga audience these days. You know? Yeah, because I think there's a lot of that, you know, romantic subplots involved in a lot of the modern manga these days and this seems like a book that would probably up somebody's alley that was into you know the manga side of things which i always have been so that, that maybe that sort of lends itself to why i like this book i don't know 
Did did this set you up for what the premise of Sensational is going to be about? I think it's just going to be more of the same, honestly. Okay. All right, cool. I, I know I know Jim Bartel did the cover for number one, and I don't like it. That's all I can remember about the Sensational She-Hulk. She-Hulk looks great. The rest of the characters on the cover look stupid. So I didn't know if there'd be some kind of cliffhanger at the in the final issue. No, nah, it was basically a wrap-up. You know, they saved the day. Jack of Hearts and She-Hulk were back together on the same page. And here, we'll see where we go from here. Gotcha. All right, so so you're basically saying it's a get it if you're into that kind of story, but a forget it if you're not. It's that simple, basically. I, I mean, it's a get it, but I understand it's not for everyone. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, <clears throat> I read the newest volume of Captain America. I think this is two weeks in a row me and you have kind of crossed over a little bit. Uh, Mike, I think it was Predator Wolverine and uh, Ghost Rider Wolverine last time. Or maybe that was that last week. But anyway, um, so you know, you know what volume this is? Uh, I don't. Seven, maybe? Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. This is volume eleven. I actually didn't get this cover either. I, the only one I got in my box is probably the cover I like the least. Um, the cover artist, Matt Hollingsworth, it's just got Cap walking around in his suit carrying sandbags. It's uh, I don't know if you know that cover. Maybe if I had a picture of that, that'd been good. But anyway, I like this cover, so I wish I had this one. Although I did get the foil Care Andrews variant, which I love. Um, so I read the one that I don't like the cover, and I'm going to keep that foil uh, yeah. care. Andrews, <laughs> you know, pristine. I love that one. Um, but anyway, um, so this is Captain America Volume 11 by J. Michael Straczynski. And artist is Jesus Saez. Say, say, how do you say that? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and this uh, story, actually, that takes place in this issue is actually called Beginnings, uh, which is completely appropriate. Um, because this kind of revisits how um, Steve Rogers becomes Captain America, as if we need that retold. But I will defend it in saying that there is different. There's a different play on it, and basically, it's obviously kind of the same story. But you know, every time we see the same story, we kind of see the 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 specific plot points they need us to know. To kind of show how honorable and you know how much heart Steve has when he's a weakling uh, and stuff like that. But so this one kind of tells the same story, but different scenes of Steve's life as a child to give you essentially give you the same impression. But at least, like I said, to defend, even though it's a story retold, it's been told so many times, uh, it does give you a different take on it. So uh, which I actually enjoyed. So it's good. Um, and this this issue goes back and forth too. I actually didn't. So so the back that it goes, I just explained. The fourth, I didn't care so much about. So what happens in modern day, it goes back and forth between, you know, his origins and then to modern day. And in the modern day, Steve is living in the apartment complex that his parents lived in when he was a boy that obviously has great memories of in their past, you know, but 
So he's kind of living this humble life. And then uh, they, they uh, decide they're going to sell this apartment complex to, you know, kind of tear down and build something else. And uh, Steve doesn't want that to happen. So he reaches out to Sto Tony Stark to, <laughs> he actually says to get an advance on his Avengers pay. I, I really want to know <laughs> what his Avengers pay is, <laughs> you know? That'd be kind of it, Pat, do you, and and Mike for that matter. But I'm just going with Pat on this one. Have you ever heard about any Avengers pay? Like like what it would be like? Do they make six figures or millions or what do they make, Pat? Do you have any idea? Yeah, they, that's always been something they talked about. You know, Tony Stark's foundation would fund their stipend. Those are the ones they always call it. But they've never said given any yeah. indications. Yeah, I think because when you. You go down that road, you tie yourself into the time, you know? Oh, that's so, true. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably why they always avoid stuff like that. Okay. Because I was thinking, it's interesting, because he buys this a, a big apartment building, you know? <laughs> and then he starts renovating it, too. So I'm wondering, did he just get, like, a week advance? You know, is that enough? Mm -hmm. Or or did he need, like, a three-month advance? What's going on here? And then also, too, you know, maybe if you have Caps and, and Iron Man's relationship... Maybe, you know, like if it was us, I'd be like, hey, dude, you're a billionaire. Can can I get 200 grand? You know, whatever. You know, it's like, why do I have to get an advance on my Avengers pay? We saved the world. You're rich. I'm not. Just give me the money to save this apartment building. It's It was kind of funny, um, but it was fine. Uh, but uh, I didn't really enjoy that part of the story too much because that's, that's literally all it plays on that uh, they, you know, this building's being torn down. He bought it. He's renovating it. Um, the enjoyable, the enjoyable, the enjoyable part of the story to me was kind of the different take on the classic story of how he becomes Captain America. And then that's kind of, this issue actually ends, uh, with us actually, uh, young Steve's first experience with, you know, Nazis and, uh, he, he is actually Captain America. So I'd assume in Captain America number two, it's going to continue this uh kind of new take on the origin story as to how he becomes cap but you know it's fine i would definitely say if you're a captain america fan to get it i don't know if it's a must-have yet you know we'll, time will tell I'll, I'll keep reading it until uh you know until i find a reason to otherwise read it to, or not read it but uh you know if you're not a cap fan i don't think this is a big get it i mean it's it's good enough uh, but, but i don't think it's anything special for non-cap fans so so uh you know yeah, I was uh, I was looking forward to this because, I you know, with the cover there, you see you know a young Steve Rogers, and kind of years ago it was probably 2015 maybe there was uh, was it Rick Remender, and John Romita Jr. had started a new Cap series and and I really liked that because it went back and it showed a younger Steve Rogers. So when I saw this, it's like oh okay that's gonna be great. But then when I started reading it, yeah he's you know, he bought a, he called Tony Stark for an advance. Like, really? Come on. Sorry, sorry. Say it again. I talked Captain over America you. has the money. He doesn't need to go borrowing it or getting an advance. And then he's just like re, re, uh, you know, he's working with a circular saw and fixing up this apartment thing. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm bored with this, but I'll, I'll get back to it, I guess. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that feel at all. I, I totally buy the fact that Cap's broke. 
just, oh. <laughs> just because he he doesn't really, you know, that's obviously not his focus and he doesn't have a yeah. job. So aside from Avengers money, where's he getting money to have money to buy? I don't know. I, I never thought about it until then. That, it, that, that made me think about Captain America and money. And I don't want to think about Captain America and money. That's not that's a problem true. he should have. That's true. That is so. true. I agree with that part of it. But what I was going to say is I would say 75% of this book is mm. past Cap. You know, Steve Rogers, not Cap yet. 75% of yeah. this Steve Rogers pre-Cap. 25% of it just deals with the modern stuff with him buying the apartment. So I was fine with that, you know, dif you know, oh. differential, whatever you want to call it. You yeah, know? I'm sure if I turned to the page one more, I'd get to... And then kept reading. I'd probably get into it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know where it goes in the future to uh, advise you whether you should be grabbing it or not. Well, I bought this for Mark, so I'll go. I'll go back and I'll, I'll finish reading it because he. Gotcha. I'm getting this. I'm picking this series up for him. All right, cool. Have you seen the Carrie Andrews uh, variant? Is that really the one you shared with me? Um, I, don't I, lo I love Carrie Andrews art, so I, I, I'll probably. Oh no, that. I shared a. Uh, a facsimile of Incredible Hulk 181 with you, I think. Either way, I look for. It. I, I like. I like. Uh, Karen. I took a picture of it. I should probably have it on the show. <laughs> that's my thing. I'm just going to always talk about pictures I should have. I don't. But let's get to. Uh, so on. Uh, so anyway, that's it for the uh, get it or forget it. Uh, Mike is a get it. Pat's a get it if you like that, and I'm a get it if you like cap. And I didn't intend that to rhyme, but it was kind of cool, right? <laughs> Can you tell I'm just trying to emulate Karen with the closing of a segment? Anyway, let's get to, let's get to a segment that's got plenty of cool pictures. Are we ready? I'm ready. All right. No pressure, Pat. No pressure. <laughs> Plenty of cool pictures. Better be inbound. Well, I hate to disappoint. This was a slow week, but we'll we'll make do. Okay. Let's revisit our old friend, the Haslab Giant Man. Who he is? Uh, he's creeping along, boy. He is uh, starting to get a little worried. He's got ten days left, and he's about four thousand orders shy. Uh, he did pick up some steam this week because this weekend is New York Comic Con and they had uh, some in hand. Well, they have them on display there, an actual, I guess, prototype. And a lot of people are coming away pretty impressed with them. But uh, it's only picked up maybe a thousand orders in the last two days. So it's yeah, gonna, I've been reading it's a lot of people disappointed with it. I mean, not with the product itself, just that, that this was the choice for the new Aslab. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's getting down there, and uh, we'll see if it makes it. Might be two uh, Marvel has labs in a row that fail. Uh, what was the last one? The Engine of Vengeance Ghost Rider car. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, let's talk about another crowdfunding. This one I, I'm not familiar with this because uh, I'm not a huge GI Joe 
Japan, but this drops Super 7. The G.I. Joe Reaction Cobra Mothership, $495. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's oh got 60 days to be backed. I, uh, it's got some tears to unlock. We'll take a look at it. I, I am not familiar with this from the show. I, I, I don't know. This Me is neither. everything it comes with. Um, comes with you know the two gunners and a bunch of accessories, a bunch of stickers to put on there. Here we can start getting into the you know the details of the ship. It's very interior detailed, lots of panels and hidden stuff, and it's got a light up feature on the bottom. The uh, lights all light up there. Uh, there's another picture of the interior as a whole. Hmm. These are the stretch goals. I didn't spend a whole lot. I didn't give them individual uh, pictures here, but you know, the you know, early funding gets two soldiers with, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cobra parachutes, not the figures. You already get the figures. So you get the parachutes for them. If you're uh, one of the early funders and then there's tiers with extra stickers and turrets and uh, trouble bubbles in this tier two. And finally, tier three is a, a Viper officer. And this leads into sort of a unique thing. Uh, they're offering these five packs of Viper soldiers, Cobra Vipers. And you notice there's two of them there. And in the first glance, you might not notice the difference. It's very hard to tell. Uh, but one is a traditional reaction, like Super 7's been doing, five points of articulation. The other pack is the o-ring pack which is how gi joe's in the three and three quarter inch were traditionally manufactured where uh the legs and the arms have hooks and they hook into the o-ring it's inside the torso which gives them more uh articulation they can you know basically rotate their arms 360 degrees the whole way around this was always reserved you know this was a hasbro thing um and that was sort of the line they drew in the sand you know super seven could do gi joe figures but they'd have to be in the five points of articulation standard action figure form they never were using that o-ring hasbro had done you know in the 80s so this is sort of a you know a weird thing and i i'm kind of surprised by it but um you know a lot of the people that you know those 80s real american hero gi joe fans this is what they loved about the figures was the o-ring design Huh, okay. And those, uh, yeah, as you can see there, they're seventy-five bucks. Uh, same price for both, either the reaction or the O-ring variation. Perfect. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, it doesn't interest me, especially because I don't remember a Cobra Mothership. But uh, it, I'm sure you know, uh, GI Joe guys always are out there in droves, and we'll see what happens with this. Do you have a scale of that ship? Um, there there was or, nothing. Or measurements really... or whatever. Sorry, sorry. Say it again. Yeah, there was. If you can go by this picture, I guess. You know, the I, I imagine that's pretty much to scale. So those are three and three quarter inch action figures. So okay. it's. I mean, it seems sort of on the small side to me. I don't know. Pretty expensive. Uh, but you'd assume the figures would fit, fit perfectly in those seats, so you can kind of yeah. figure the size based off yeah, that. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong about this picture here because that doesn't that doesn't exactly work out. I don't think it might right. be close. Yeah. yeah, I'll see if I can uh, see if maybe it, even at uh, 
New York Comic Con this weekend. Maybe they were there. Maybe they the, they actually had them out on display with actual humans. We can determine at a better scale. Yeah. Um, That'd be better advertising to get funding. That's for sure. Yeah. If it seemed gargantuan, like the you know, like the ghost or whatever, you know. Right. And even there, even the Hasla or the uh, the dragonfly copter, the the six inch scale dragonfly copter for GI Joe. When you see an actual person holding it, it definitely gives you a, a better idea. Right. Right. All right. Uh, we'll st we'll stick with Super Seven in reaction. Um, this uh, this was announced, I think, a few weeks ago, actually, and I I didn't I missed it or didn't spotlight. This is Toho Wave Three. You see Megalon. Minya, Mechagodzilla, and another Godzilla. There they are in their carded forms. You know, these are the typical, you know, $20 at Target Super 7 figures. Uh, but what's not typical to Target that was sort of found out this week is a series of blind boxed Godzilla figures. Um, here they are here. There's, they're just basically variants. Um, they are $15, which... I wish they, you know, they, I feel like they should have been a little cheaper. If the if the the carded figures are twenty bucks and you're paying a lot, you're basically paying for a nice card and you know have them on the card. I feel like these blind boxes should have been a little cheaper. The the kicker here is that the ratios per case. I think I mean, there's fifteen per case. Uh, you only get one Mechagodzilla per case, which uh, he's a chase maker, which is annoying. Mm. Um, luckily, uh, there's been some, uh, uh, some fellows out there who have bought full cases and went about weighing the boxes and you can actually go by the weights of the boxes and oh. so the two Godzillas basically weigh the same amount. They're slightly different probably because of the different plastics the translucent glittery plastic might weigh less. Uh, but Mechagodzilla is a little bit lighter, uh, determinably lighter, and the Jet Jaguars are way lighter. Actually, I've been to the store, and it almost feels like there's nothing in the Jet Jaguar boxes. They're so light. Um, so this leads me to this picture, which is Marvel's Marvel Studios minifigures, and we see Jay's brick blog here. Has come out with a weight guide, so somebody is going to trouble to weigh all these minifigures because you know now, as I've talked in the past, they're no longer coming in bags, you know. And I sort of, I, I, I was a novice, you know, bag sucker. I could, I could, you know, work my way around and find certain accessories and figure out a lot of the times who I wanted in the bags. But when they sort of went to you know they went away from plastic i guess and they decided to go for boxes these are in boxes and somebody here has taken the time to weigh all the boxes and you can see some of them are very close some of them are you know dead on and you always have the problem too where sometimes you might get an extra piece here or there you know in a in a minifigure so that might file file things up but here you can go you can go into your uh, blind box madness a little more prepared, especially if you go out and buy one of these babies, which I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because, uh, you know, 
I think the black the blind box experience is unfair. I don't. Uh, I think you you go in with every advantage you can, and uh, I'm gonna start doing this. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> that's great. I, can, I agree. So, so yeah, go through the effort to weigh all those when you think about. It, but then, holy cow, that's great information. <laughs> So, you know, it, it used to be a lot of times in the past, people would try, 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 and they ultimately would always fail to decipher the codes on the bags for Lego minifigures, but it never seemed to pan out. They, they never seemed to correlate with, you know, the actual production. Uh, some companies like Mega Blocks, uh, Mega Bricks, uh, they, they, they did have codes where, you know, you could go by the code and be assured that you'd get the figure, but lego has never been you know on that you know same deal so this is this is pretty neat i uh i uh I like you know i'd like to have the beast and it turns out he's the same way the she hulk and wolverine basically but i wouldn't be unhappy if i got any of those guys but um i i feel like part of me here my <laughs> my thinking was these might go on clearance at some point but what are the chances I'm going to get that Mecha Godzilla? So I'm going to be trying to find me a Mecha Godzilla out there, mm -hmm. at least. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a definitely a conundrum. It's like, yeah, I, I've moved away from getting packs a while ago because yeah, it's just getting what you want. Is it seems so hard? Yeah, but this is great. This I, I I'm. I guess I'm concurring with you, uh, Pat. You you need every advantage you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with these ones being 15 bucks. Jeez. Right. Right. And you know, you go in get get the same one three times in a row potentially. You know, three or four yeah. times in a row. Yeah. It's just, it's just it stinks. Yeah. Well, this this is the perfect example when you put a roadblock in front of people, someone out there will find a way around it. Yeah, right. Right. and that's what—that's just the genius of people that are out there. You know, the blind box. There's your roadblock, and people have found a way around it, and it's just—it's yeah. it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> all right, maybe this is just as fantastic. I don't know. We'll do some McFarland. There wasn't much. These are all Target exclusives. Um, the Midnighter, and the Authority. Yeah, I mean, he's never been a character that interests me. Um. This is sort of interesting because uh, they're doing an Alfred figure. He he was previously only available if you bought the Batcave from McFarland. Mm. He was, yeah, he was an uh, you know he was a packing with the Batcave, so he's 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 decoed a little different. All this all these re-releases in this Batman animated that are going to Target have sort of that uh, cell shaded animation detail, which I'm not always a fan of. But if you need an Alfred animated figure, here you go. Cool. Um, and these are all 20, by the way. 20, he looks usual. good, too. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. He, is, he does look good. Lots of cool accessories that came with the uh, Batcave Alfred. And uh, I only, the only, I have one more, and I only, I'm sad that Johnny's not here because we have. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so this one's for you, Johnny. Yeah. I may have uh, I may have reacted over you there. There, I don't know whether could people hear what you said, Pat. I'm sorry. Wave Rider for wave. all the Wave Rider, you know, number one fans out. 
This is crazy. That is hilarious. Yeah, I wish Johnny was here too, man. Well, he's obviously um, Johnny's theory <laughs> on Wave Rider is it's got to be debunked right now, right? I mean, he he acts like no one's a fan of Wave Rider. That's kind of his opinion. But obviously, wow. here we go. We got an action figure. Soon to be on clearance at Target. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You better believe that if I find this in clearance, I'm grabbing it. it yeah. Johnny's getting it for a birthday or Christmas or something. <laughs> um, and finally, if you're looking for you know really nice Christmas gifts, we'll wrap it up with some hot toys. And we have Hera Syndulla from Ahsoka. And we'll basically just run through. Yeah, I, I know some people aren't a fan of the way she looks in the show to begin with, let alone possibly her Hot Toys action figure. But I think she's pretty well done. Yeah, it's definitely spot on to exactly. I mean, it looks, it might as well be her. That's, it's so perfect. But yeah, you got to like Hera the way she looked in the show to begin with. <laughs> Enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hot Toys is ridiculous. And look at that. That's insane. She is $260. Oh, shit. And, you know, I, I neglected. There was a shot of her. I thought I actually had it. that had her with Chopper because ch they're also putting out a Chopper. He's $250. Oh, my gosh. He looks awesome. but I'll bet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, unfortunately, there wasn't much this week. Uh uh, but uh, try to do my best, and that's uh, it for the horizon this week. All right. Well, that sounds like you uh, did a good job based on what you have to work with. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and not only are all those things great in general, it's just aside from what's great that you show in general, it's interest, you know. If it's interesting, it's just as good quality of uh, something to show, which there's definitely some interesting things in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't those uh, Godzilla 2 make you think about the, uh, oh yeah, that's another thing, you know, with, did you get the full collection of the uh, DC figs with from Wendy's? Did you get everything? I have all six sets, but they're not in the colors I want. So I'm still endeavoring to track some more down. Okay. Yeah, those two Godzilla in the front could seem like they're just solid one color, right? Uh, of the the grab boxes or whatever. Yeah, one one is one is sort of like a normal gray color. One is a glittery green color, has glitter in them. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a big. In case you didn't know, that's a big Japanese thing. They do a lot of translucent plastics, soft vinyl figures that have the glitter inside them. It's a big thing over there. It's sort of translate, sort of translated over here. To that sort of you know that you know hot topic market you'll you see figures like that you know in that sort of uh collectible area yeah i wish i i wish i could think of the names of the things that lexi had been bringing home recently she, there's there's one there's little guys like this they got a big round head and uh just shows them in different emotional stages you know and they're grab bags too and she wants the specific they're like on they're like on uh series three or something like that too they're super popular and lexi gets them i typically she hands me down the extras yeah <laughs> so i still have them too because they are cool looking but man when she she just 
and those yeah the the grab boxes or whatever you call them now are it's crazy they're 10 bucks each and i'm like geez just throwing a 10 i'm gonna go throw a 10 at a lottery ticket before i'm gonna throw a 10 at a box that uh, as a, of a series of things that i only might want one or two of them you know but you know so anyway you know but it's all cool it's all cool i, I love all yep. this stuff yeah very informative pat thank you thank you yep all right you ready to wrap this up let's do it All right, Mike, what you got? <laughs> you got to go to... There we go. So you, you should go to Patrick first after the, those play because it, it interrupted me. <laughs> oh, um, I'll try to remember that in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I don't have a whole lot, but if you... Uh, if you want to have a scary Christmas instead of a merry Christmas, there are plenty of comic books out there for you. Yeah, a few of them. Uh, we learned that Mike loves misleading lead-ins. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, we also uh, found our connection between. Um, I don't know whether this is an intentional marketing thing or not between uh, McDonald's and Loki because we yeah, I was surprised how much we got to see McDonald's products and then we found out that uh, you know Loki is not only loving McDonald's she's uh, loving the location she was in and I should have I know you're probably gonna say that Pat you can still say it because you probably would say it more clever than I just did but anyway Mike. I uh, yeah, like I said, I have a lot. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Fats. Yeah, uh, I had Loki. Kevin and I, you know, when it comes to Loki, we're loving it. You covered that. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully stay tuned next month for another review of Cap This Old House. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we're definitely uh, noticing for sure that everyone everywhere likes to tell stories about AI and futuristic dystopian futures. So uh, see more of that uh, multiple times in this episode. Mm, for that sure. Part. Just uh, run out there and uh, grab yourself a little digital scale and save yourself some money. <laughs> nice. In the long run. Yeah. Uh, and if you want a good review from Kevin on what Kevin watched, don't hate America. Don't make America the bad guy. Yeah. Seems like a simple formula. It does. Exactly. That's all I have. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just wrap it up uh, with, uh, you know, get it or forget it. Today, uh, you know, we got uh, lots of cap action, lots of She-Hulk. And uh, it seems like uh, lots of get it's, but dependings, you know. So, She Hulk was even in, uh, or Cap was even in She Hulk, one of the issues. So, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta little get it. Little I cameo, gotta get it. Here 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so that'll do it. Let's see if I can uh, wrap this up properly without carrying around again. Oh, geez. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Uh, please like and comment on this video as well as subscribe and hit that bell to get notifications. I only got one new short out last week. Uh, took a lot of work, but I'm working on getting better at it. So make sure, again, you hit that bell so you uh, check out all of uh, the drops besides for our regular shows, including, you know, Cover Combat. Uh, please subscribe to uh, Comics and Collectibles in the Crawl Space on Spotify for podcasters or many other podcast providers, including iHeartRadio as of last week. Uh, and please listen to the edited podcast of this live stream on Spotify that will be posted no later than Tuesday. Uh, follow Acceler Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and or X, aka Twitter. And follow Acceler underscore comics on TikTok and whatnot. Uh, watch our shows on the Whatnot app. You can bookmark them now to get notified when the ridiculous deals will be offered. Getting close to the amount of bookmarks I need to get a show going, so it'll be happening soon. Help, help it happen by bookmarking that show. Uh, then check out what we have to offer on eBay at Acceler underscore comics and on our website, accelercomics.com. Got a couple new things last week. And then you can help support everything we do on the show, even if you aren't interested in buying any comics from us, uh, through Patreon at patreon.com slash accelercomics. And then uh, watch the next pre-recorded episode of Cover Combat 6, round two, that will post on Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and then uh, you can vote shortly thereafter at 9.30 on Facebook, or uh, you can vote directly on YouTube as well. But get those votes in, uh, and uh, we're, we're really excited to uh, get everybody's re late reaction to a pre-recording like that. At least I am. And then uh, lastly, well, sort of lastly, I got one other thing I want to say. Uh, watch our next live stream on YouTube or Facebook next Saturday, October 21st at 9.30 a.m.-ish. And we're going to call that closer to 10, it seems, to land uh, Eastern Standard Time. And what I wanted to bring up uh, also to uh, conclude today is the season finale is in two weeks. And I'm talking about... Uh, Comics and Collectibles in the Crawl Space Season 3 finale. We decided that the finale was going to be our Acceler Group get-together. Uh, so it'll be a show where we'll all be in the same room. And we'll be doing that, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the 28th then. So two weeks from today uh, for the finale of Season 3. And then we're going to make some changes going into Season 4. So uh, it should be excited for, exciting for multiple reasons. We're gonna we're gonna actually make an appearance at a comic con that we're gonna meet up with some fans. So we should have lots of interesting stuff inbound, and I'm excited to uh, see where we go with uh, season four and how the finale, which uh, our our number one listened to podcast ever, is an Acceler Group get together. So uh, the finale is always, uh, or the get-togethers are always interesting. So that's why I wanted to tie them into the finales of seasons. So yes. stay tuned for that excitement inbound two weeks, you know, so, right? Exactly. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Do you guys have anything else? Nope. That's it for this week. 
Yep. Okay. Thanks for uh, stopping by, Karen and your grandpa. Appreciate everybody else checking out everything else we do. And until next time, don't forget, appreciating great art is awesome. And reading a great story is fun. So why not pick up a comic book and do both? Accelerate.